Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. And 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay Noon. And Joa. And we have a lot of things to talk about tonight. Apparently there's a new movie out that is could be some predictive programming from the Illuminati. I'm just kidding. I just kind of made that up. But Joa wants to talk about that. Um... Barack Obama apparently funded a movie. Yeah, interesting. And um, we have news about a Harvard professor who secretly impregnated someone. We have news about Mickey Mouse will soon be not under copyright. So, you know, after Scooby-Doo stopped being under copyright, people made, like, dirty cartoons with Scooby-Doo. Like, any, it was free reign for anybody to use their images. So that's kind of stuff will probably start happening with Mickey Mouse. And that'll probably be pretty entertaining. I mean, I, I thought that Scooby-Doo movie or show was so stupid. I watched one episode with Ian. Can't remember <laughs> what it's called. It has um, Mindy calling, and I don't know who else in it. I'm and it was sure. like trying to be kind of like a family guy, but with the Scooby-Doo characters. And Interesting. And it was so like woke and stupid. It wasn't funny at all. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I have seen. Oh, you did? Of it, yeah. Velma. Like a cartoon. Yeah, it's like an adult cartoon. Yeah, so it's, like, it's definitely adult-oriented. Yeah, so like Velma is the star of the show, the most annoying character. And is this where she's like uh, attracted to women? I, maybe. I, I honestly don't remember that part. I, I think so. I actually think you're right, but I barely remember. I let my kids watch a little bit of uh, uh, a couple of, you know, appropriate cartoons. I'm like, oh, Scooby-Doo's cool, and, you know, we have a uh, projection monitor. I love Scooby-Doo, like and, the regular one. And... Uh, so it was like I guess it's a newer age, but definitely like like Velma's like uh, I think it's Velma she, uh, she, that character is like attracted to the to the villain woman. Even and, in uh, the kids Scooby Doo show. Yep, and uh, and she like starts blushing like the, the, this the villain. I don't know if I'm pretty sure it was like an episode a show, but like the the villain is like some girl. And, you know, she's obviously, you know, an attractive, you know, good looking girl. And like every time Velma like sees her, she starts like blushing and looking, you know, uh, like uh, obviously she has like, you know, she's crushing on this girl. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to shut this garbage off. I mean, that's kind of weird. Like, I would say the same thing about a straight couple in in Scooby-Doo. Like they don't do that with like Daphne and Fred kind of seem to be together, but they don't show like Daphne blushing looking at Fred, Uh, you know? Like that's a little weird. The the, um, the older uh, ones are like a little more uh, wholesome mm-hmm. and uh, and so. better. Oh my god! Like the first season of Scooby Doo with like that haunted mansion on the island. I don't remember what else, but I got it on DVD one one year and watched it with my friends for Halloween like three years ago. It's so good. Like I would watch it again. It's easy to really figure out who the bad guy is right at the beginning of all the shows. It's the one that always assort asserts uh, ass, uh, asserts authority. Ugh, I can't say. Um, oh. Can't speak. Interesting, yeah. really? Yeah, the one that always seems to have the rules or hmm. the understanding of the place, the one that's asserting authority hmm. is the uh, the culprit. I'm gonna they watch reveal it. the mask. I'm definitely going to watch it again and see if I notice that. That's pretty interesting. But 
Mickey Mouse will soon belong to you and me with some caveats. This is from fox59.com. It says, with several asterisks, um, I feel like I say that word wrong, several asterisks, qualification, and caveats, Mickey Mouse, in his earliest form, will be the leader of the band of characters, films, and books that will become public domain as the year turns to 2024. A moment may close observers, and a moment many close observers thought might never come, at least one version of the quintessential piece of intellectual property and perhaps the most iconic character in American pop culture will be free from Disney's copyright as his first screen release, the 1928 short Steamboat Willie. Oh yeah, I I knew he was like Steamboat something, but I thought he was Steamboat Mickey, but yeah. So the original Mickey Mouse was called Steamboat Willie, featuring both Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, becomes available for public use. Quote, this is it. This is Mickey Mouse. This is exciting because it's kind of symbolic, said Jennifer Jenkins, a professor of law and director of Duke Center for the Study of Public Domain, who writes an annual January 1st column for Public Domain Day as I guess a lot of things get stop being under copyright on January 1st every year for right which everyone's like 100 it's years just old. interesting because like a lot of rappers use this like original OG footage mm-hmm. um in like their videos really yeah it's Maybe really they just strange have to get permission or something well not anymore because like mm. it's of age yeah not anymore but after 2024 20, will be open for that but you're saying people are already doing that yeah yeah like uh ghost main have you ever heard of him i've heard of him i don't listen to rap though i, I like it. it's kind of like a dark kind of grungy rap weird it's a weird genre it's a really weird genre but there's a uh music video called mercury and it's like he uses some of that stock footage and alters it alters it for himself so I wonder if he... Wait, you're talking about specifically Mickey Mouse? Uh, That time frame of footage from oh, okay. Disney. Hmm. Not the Mickey footage exactly, but that yeah. whole time frame. It's the same Maybe like, they... Because they've been extending... Getting extensions every year. Maybe other... Um, Donald... I mean, I'm sorry. Disney stuff from that time already came of age for mm-hmm. copyright. But uh, they, they've tried as hard as they could to extend it for Mickey Mouse. It says... um, the, the, the woman that from the study of the public domain center, says, I kind of feel like the pipe on the steam steamboat, like expelling smoke. It's so excited. What? what? That's so weird. That was such a weird thing to say. U.S. allows a copyright to be held for 95 years after Congress expanded it several times during Mickey's life. Quote, it's sometimes derisively referred to as the Mickey Mouse Protection Act, Jenkins said. That's oversimplified because it wasn't just Disney that was pushing for term extension. It was a whole group of copyright holders whose works were set to go into the public domain soon, who benefited greatly from the 20 years of extra protection, unquote. Um, Here at Free Talk Live, I think most of us agree that copyright is kind of stupid. Like, I believe in property, and ownership of property, but I don't think you can own an idea. 
Yeah, the idea that you can own, you know, just a special combination of numbers or ideas and thoughts. Shapes and, and then Mickey Mouse's. someone else, you know, expresses it. It's just like the very um, a good example of a victimless crime. Yep. You know, if you're going to, you know, play a, you know, an audio file or if you're going to read something or, you know, or whatever or express something that somebody else, you know, sort of, you know, made some kind of claim to, um, you know, it's just it's just a protectionism racket. Like, now, let me ask you about this. Though. I was like, what if someone took your own footage and then alters it to misrepresent who you are and what you were saying? Is that OK? I don't I don't I would think this is what we were talking about last night on the show. There needs to be more shunning and less laws. Like, I don't think that that's a good thing to do. Like, A&E, I think, wait, what is it called? Um, uh, Just this big news TV station, or not news, but whatever, Um, a big station, like, TV channel, took Ian's footage of a Dick Marple um, court case, and I just randomly came across it. I was like, Ian, look at, look at this video of... um. Dick Marple, like, have you seen this one? He was like, that's my footage. And they didn't credit Free Keen. They took it and they cut it up to make it look like stuff was happening that was not happening. Like, they so tried- it's fair use. Like, if they, yeah, so it's like if you have used 14 seconds or less, it's considered no, fair No, it was use. a whole I- oh. long video. Oh. They, they just cut it up in um, a way that made it look like, oh, the judge was owning dick marple and like it was so ridiculous but it's not like ian cares about copyright so he wasn't going to do anything about it but i did copy or comment under their thing like why didn't you credit freaking or what what you're saying they chopped it all up in a way no that's misrepresenting the facts of what the original intention was so it's like someone has to call them out for it yeah like it's important to do that and trust me, it's happened a lot to me. I, mean, I bet it has. You know, I like the idea of shaming. Like, there's people who are doing, you know, stupid things all the time, uh, inflammatory things, damaging things. Uh, you know, like, uh, for example, you have these, you know, social justice warrior types who will, like, you know, call DCYF on a family, for example. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, you know, just because either they're mad at them or even some of these people think they're helping, yep. uh, which is like, you know, Sad. very, uh, you know, r- ridiculous. DCYF, yeah. you know, um, you know, isn't going to help anybody. And if it's a bad situation and kids are actually being abused, uh, you know, there's plenty of situations where DCYF's not interested because, you know, well, I'll just put it this way. Kids that are being abused and, and neglected um, that are suffering real trauma basically are not of any value in, in the adoption marketplace. Hmm. But um, I do like the idea of, uh, of, of of shaming. And because if and especially if it can be on a level to where like the guy who owns, you know, the local grocery store sees, you know, this bad actor come in and says, no, get out of my store. I don't want you here. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a handful of people. I'll. I'll I'll refuse service just because of, you know, th- they've been bad actors. They've done inflammatory things to, you know, the people. They've, uh, you know, uh, trying to incite, you know, uh, you know, others to, you know, pile up against, you know, certain people and stuff. And uh, but, you know, I'm not going to call the cops about it. You know, and and even like there's actually a situation where this crazy old lady ripped down a bunch of my political signs uh, a couple years ago, and I got it all on video, <laughs> and <laughs> and I just. You yeah. put it on the internet. Put uh, it on did blast. you put it out there? No, I didn't I, see it. I, I didn't oh, put I it see. out anywhere yet, but I, I I did give it to a guy who he was gonna make a video to like some like kind of you know heavy metal rage type you know <laughs> m- you know music, uh, and just kind of shame her. But um, 
you know, I, I just, you know, I could, pro- I, I know I could totally have her charged with something. I have yeah, all that's the actually a felony. Yeah, there's, it, it doesn't it, seem like that should be a felony, but it is. It's election tampering. Well, I mean, it's, damag- it's the most protected speech, right? Political free speech. But mm. it's, but it's damaging. Of it's, it's so, you know, it's a trespass on property. You know, mm. even though it was, you know, a, I don't know, I don't know how much the sign cost or whatever. It took, you know, probably took me a half an hour. He to still like owned it. You put know? it together, but the, you know, uh. And with intellectual property, like when they they take this stuff and you know some organization you know you know manipulates you know the video so you look bad, uh, you just kind of have to counter that with right. you know with your something, own speech with, with, you know with your own thing, and uh, all, all of a lot of these like um, news agencies, anyways, and you know uh, outfits that do that kind of stuff, uh, they have no credibility as far as I'm concerned. And when people do things like that, they have no credibility. So. The idea is you just got to shame them and attack their credibility uh, or or just ignore it. And, you know, yeah. And if you ignore it and not that many people are seeing it, that might be your best um, bet. But we do um, seem to have a call. Unscreened caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name and what's your topic? Uh, this is Graham Sporton and I'm calling you about cannabis. Can you hear me OK? Yeah, I can hear you. Great. How's it going, oh, Graham? It sounds like you have the radio in the background. You might want to. Turn that off, or maybe you're on speaker because uh, I now I'm hearing my voice back. Oh yeah, you know what's happening with me? This is horrible. I I my iPhone. I I don't know how to use it properly. I'll hear. It. I what happens is that sounds iPhone, better. Yeah, it's better. I switch it out, and then I can't get back to the phone. But I just figured it out, so well, I'm, I'm good now. Sorry. What did you that. want to talk but, about, Graham? It's okay. All right. So here's what's happening in New Hampshire. I I do a lot of paying attention to what's going on with the cannabis situation in, in New Hampshire and there's a couple of things going on. First of all, I'm I'm very upset that people aren't upset hmm. because Dino Carly, if you're if you're a patient and you have a back problem or something and you go to your doctor in New Hampshire, we have a medical cannabis program here in New Hampshire. Yeah, the doctor it's expensive. has to make sure he he make he gives you opiates first. So New Hampshire is is making sure people are getting opiates before anything. And we know that the opiates, the pharmaceutical companies, are largely responsible for um, a lot of the uh, problems in the big cities in Boston and Philadelphia and New York, every city, and everything out west. Uh, opiates are a huge problem. So why is New yeah. Hampshire feeding this beast? I can't there might be a different way around that, though, because I actually got a medical marijuana card. Um, Ian, my husband, and I both did. But we have diagnosed PTSD so maybe it's like there's specific some specific orders you don't need that because it's not about pain it's about sleeping no, at night. No, I'm saying specifically for pain. If you have, oh, it's, okay. It's, it's it's for patients who are looking for pain relief. That's that crazy. So the, they're willing to risk know, your life instead of right. so you have to risk your life. Then if it doesn't work for you and you're not addicted, yeah, you never you qualify. For, so what for what weed. do you have to say about that, Jim? Well, so a couple of things uh, if. People want to internet search Matt Gates, uh, so he's uh, congressman. I, be- I think he's congressman from uh, Florida. Uh, quite recently, Matt Gates uh, very much grilled the director or the head or so- so- somebody from the DEA who's like a-, a very high up, and he was talking about you know, uh, f- like I guess like fentanyl is not like on a schedule one, but marijuana is a schedule one. Uh, and I could have that a little wrong, what I just said, but definitely marijuana is still like Schedule 1. And yeah. he was talking about like with his, you know, DEA 
woman, I forget her name, I think she was like head of the DEA, hmm. and he was talking about how in states that have medical marijuana have extremely low opiate use, and he was talking about all these studies, and the, the DEA woman, you know, she's just, you know, clearly like bought and paid for by, you know, the, the, the drug cartel, which is essentially big pharma, um, and and she was like, oh, well, you know, we haven't got there yet and we haven't looked into it. But just everybody should check it out. Matt Gates, DEA, uh, Marijuana Schedule 1. So the um, – but there's a lot of evidence. Like like uh, one of the things in Colorado, like Colorado is one of the first states to, like, you know, do medical and then recreational. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the opiate use, like, really dropped off. But the states where they don't have medical marijuana, the opiate use is very, very high. Now, with respect to New Hampshire, you know, if you pay attention to what Mike Gill has been staying, uh, saying, so Mike Gill has a YouTube channel called uh, State of Corruption NH or NH State of Corruption, and he talks about how, how like, New Hampshire uh, is basically, like, ground zero for the um, uh, OPO. And he had o- called opiate. in last week, too. Yeah, he called, so. in, he called yeah. in last week. For like the opiate, crazy. Uh, opiate, you know, importing or distribution and fentanyl, and he, they use shell companies to funnel the money. Yeah, so New Hampshire has this thing called uh, the New Hampshire Trust or New Hampshire Trust Bank or Bank Trust or something. And uh, so there's Jean Shaheen, who I believe is a U.S. senator, and her husband is like some like uber corrupt like lawyer and. All lawyers are basically corrupt, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, you know, they're, they're just evil, oh, horrible yeah. people. Well, it, at, at the, if they're not an evil person, I just think they don't have the right incentives. Like, they work for the courts. Right, right, right. They're, and I think some try, but it, it's like a messed up system. Yeah, and, and even the ones who, like, like the real estate attorneys, I've noticed, are actually, like, pretty honest. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, when it comes to, like, things be. But like the criminal I'm defense. I'm a big t- Aaron Brockovich fan. Oh. Yeah. So and then you like Aaron Brockovich and Who's JFK. That? Aaron Brockovich was like an environmental, you know, type lawyer. Mm. Uh, there was a movie uh, about her that was actually part of it was filmed right down the road where I grew up. Oh, she's in, from in New Palmer. Hampshire. No, no, oh, um, Massachusetts. Palmer, Massachusetts. I don't know where Aaron Brockovich is from, but the movie oh. part of the and, and Aaron Brockovich wasn't there oh, okay. in that movie uh, in that film. But anyways, uh, I can't remember what that movie was. It was called Aaron Brockovich, I guess. But Mr. Griver. Mystic River? Oh, maybe that's yeah. what it was. It was basically it was about some kind of, you know, chemical, you know, waste dump like manufacturing facility somewhere around Boston. And they want to protect the ducks. Um, well, Graham, but, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I want to keep you on if you are don't have anything you else know, you wanted to a, say. A, uh, well, I mean, I can go away, but no, well, no. Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant no, I didn't no, want to no, waste your time. Graham, like, don't don't you do so, this on a daily? You have uh, the, news the on a daily. In New Hampshire is we have a lot of people talking about um, rescheduling, and rescheduling is New Hampshire's okay for it, but the states who have legal cannabis programs it might be really bad for them. Um, the rescheduling yeah. also is interesting for this the Delta Eight and Delta Ten piece, so that might be that might be actually very bad for local economies. But There's did you know? Last um, legislative session, a state rep from Ringe named Matt Santanastasso put in a bill to just get rid of, to unadopt the schedule. And, you know, marijuana would just be, you know, tomatoes at that point. I think that was, that's the smartest idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that people aren't able to put together a class action suit because there's so much evidence that shows that the the farce of 
the scheduling is as far as I mean. Well, the you state know, has to make money somehow. The past two or three years, there's been so many things, you know, medical wise. One one of the one of the pieces of that is that it has no medical application. Um, the other one is that it's wildly addictive. You pointed out that um, the states where medical or legal cannabis actually is even available, um, those states have a much lower opiate problem. Um, as do they have problems with kids using cannabis? If you ever use in an area where legal cannabis is available, what the studies are saying that kids don't use cannabis as much. If they do, not more than they would otherwise compared to states that don't have it. And that's probably because nobody wants to do what their moms are doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think about that sometimes. Um, Like when you it's, you had friends when you were younger or you were a kid whose mom like smoked weed openly around you or, or dad, it wasn't as interesting and cool to you. You weren't like right. wanting to sneak it as much. You'd yeah, be, you like, weren't curious about it. You knew about it. Yeah. That, that's just yeah. the case, it seems. I mean, obviously, I was a lot in, of them So I moved to Colorado weed. in 2013, and I think right about, it was like, or, or very shortly after I moved there, it be, recreational became legal. Mm-hmm. And so I got a little brother and sister that grew up there in Colorado, and so I, I lived there from like tw- end of tw- mid-2013 to end of 2016. And then, you know, I've my little brother and sister, I've you know, talked to them and stuff, and, and they just like, they're not into it at all. None of their friends are into it. They think it's stupid, uh, you know. And it's just like it had it had it had no sex appeal to like wow. those kids. And like and 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 they are all, they're also like kids that are into like you know um, sports. Mm-hmm. So I got I get, sort of got to you know going to watching all the, the sports ball games that they would do when I was out there. I got you know to sort of know. And yeah, the kids are definitely um, in Colorado. From what I could tell, most of them were just not interested in in fact what they were way more interested in was drinking hmm. oh that I kind noticed. of sucks well i it's I mean, when that's... it's illegal when they tell you no is when you want to do it more yeah i mean it's still legal for kids to drink so that's you know and they're gonna get it case. actually i think they when mm-hmm. they get it they're like they're sneakier about it they get away with it harder yeah they want to drink way more and have alcohol poisoning because they don't oh this is rare it. yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah and they see everyone else doing it the way you're describing kids in colorado where they grew up that um, the state they li- they lived in, marijuana was legal. It's so different from when I was in middle school and high school in Texas, where it's really illegal still. It was like this mysterious, amazing thing. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, let's do it again!" You and know. Graham, you have a, a daily news. Can you tell us what it is? Well, today's news is actually all kinds of news. Well, quick, on, let's, quickly let's drop you, it. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you don't mind, I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.Finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. 
Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation with us like our last caller did and i just wanted to shout out his daily marijuana news show cannabis, cannabis. I, I just I marijuana know. is like a dirty word to me well okay it, it's the wash daily like wash your clothes by joey slicks uh, that's gonna be s-l-l-i-k-s and if you want to check out his daily cannabis show, I forgot for a second which one you said was bad. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool show. It's just a small couple minutes, you know. And that's crazy to do day. a daily show for it, years. For anything, even for if it's years, a he's been doing this daily. It's and really he, impressive. He also has another radio show too. Uh, it's called Smoke and Herb. An, and a radio show? Yeah. Uh, um, it, he's trying to get that bigger and bigger, but he's had some really pretty interesting guests on there. He's doing like pirate radio. No. Oh. No, this is uh, well, a. I on, think that's illegal, right? I probably shouldn't have asked. It's I on like motherload.tv or something like that. Interesting. So it's, it is like a official Internet podcast. Radio. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Yep. But with you in the studio tonight at Free Talk Live, you've got me, Bonnie, Jay Noon, and Joa. And 603 283 6160. That's the number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. But first, I want to tell you about Dash. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, and it seriously is right now, because it's like going to be like $10 sometimes for, or at least like Yikes. 5 bucks right now for sending Bitcoin. Wow. I don't, I don't even know what's up, but um, it says, but Dash continues to have fees less than $0.01 cent per transaction, and its features ensure Dash is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their Chainlocks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn more about Dash. That's Dash.org. Before we got a call in the last segment, because on Free Talk Live you can call in and change the subject with whatever you want to talk about, we were talking about this article from Fox59.com. In there telling us that Mickey Mouse will soon belong to you and me with some caveats, meaning their 95-year copyright claim has run out. <laughs> but we haven't really gotten into the caveats, so I'm interested to know. They have, like, big lobbyists, I guess, or I don't know if that's what you, you'd call them, but they have lawyers that have been, you know, giving them... The ability to extend and extend their copyright claim and also... 
Yeah, but I, I feel like if anyone were to rip off Mickey Mouse and do something different with it, it's like we would know. We kind of would know. Right. Right? Because you can't steal the Disney logo. You can't. We'll know. And even if you could, like, it, who cares? I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to be making something that's so great that nobody's going to buy Disney movies anymore. And Disney's yeah, going to Well, see, this is the thing. I don't know if Disney even is considering the, the lawyer fees in this or whatever mm. it might take to fight it. But Disney is going broke because they've gone woke and now they go broke. They've gone woke on all their crap uh, recently. Are they really going broke? I mean, that's Yeah, they lost a lot of money on their recent films and... Now that they're like uh, in touch with Marvel, I think it is like they're they're hurting. They're hurting. Their stock has fallen. They've had a tremendous uh, drop in um, uh, like subscriptions to like Disney or Disney Plus or something. Uh, I, just, I don't know. I, I don't know that I think they're going to be broke. Why would they still now, be around? And in the state of Florida, going after them for their yeah. their uh, utilities of sorts, mm-hmm. their roads and. Yep. And infrastructures, After that's Disney really World. bad too. That's like another whammy on on the side of them. I don't know. Disney's gonna like. There's something gonna happen to it, but who knows? I and can't if, say I care much. If you uh, there's this guy Sheriff Judd. Uh, I, I don't know what county is like, he. He's, Sheriff Judd Apatow, that guy, or is he a good guy? Because the guy I'm talking about is bad. Oh, you're thinking of Joe Ohio. Oh, uh, okay. no. This so this is in Florida. I don't know what county. Oh. Um, you know is right there where disney is but that sheriff judd he's does these press releases that are pretty entertaining where he's like well we've oh, got yeah, these yeah. pedophiles and they're of course they're working for disney he says they're well, always and it's, yeah but, 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 <laughs> and it's real news oh yeah yeah Whoa. so um sheriff judd something i forget his name but he's he's an interesting fella and he's yeah and, and i uh i really can't say anything bad about the guy because well, I've, I've never heard him like report on like some victimless crime it's always like you know some like a child molester or some mm. somebody who's like murdering people so he got in trouble for defamation because he made it sound like disney someone was. that they arrested was actually doing something bad and they weren't but there wasn't uh, wasn't like you know disney related oh but he, he's gotten in trouble for his portrayal of the facts and that sort of thing so he, he needs to be careful but i think he's i think he's so, Being better, so he might embellish a little bit because yeah, he's, yeah. he's a very entertaining storyteller. Like mm. uh, listening to his stuff is, is pretty entertaining. It's a pretty bad idea though to um, embellish stuff that could get you sued. It, it definitely sensationalizes the but, so, but he's, situation. He, but he's definitely mentioned many times. Yeah. he's like, "Well, this guy's a pedophile, and he works for uh, Disney." And, like but one Disney, of the characters walking around the park in a Mickey I, Mouse costume, hugging kids or something. I have no idea what the role is, but if you're a I pedophile. You know, if you are a predator, like, you know, just like we've said before, uh, DCYF, for example, uh, is, uh, you know, a very, very attractive place for child predators because you get qualified immunity uh, because all the cases are sealed. You know, they're they're just very hard to investigate. And then, like, you can, like, and another thing, too, with child protection services is when kids run away, uh, they don't report them as runaways. What do they do? They don't do anything. They don't report them as runaways. You gotta if look. Go you gotta missing. go to Lost and Found. <laughs> so, so like <laughs> Disney. So, so like, oh, if, like Disney World specifically. Sorry, I thought no, you were saying DCYF. I'm just saying DCYF. But oh, I, oh, I don't. Yeah, I, I no, say, in Disney, right? But no, well, I'm just Oops. saying like like child protection services. If you are, 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 you know, if you're a predator, that's like an ideal place for you to work. If you're a child predator, they just take the kid and don't report. Oh, we so, found this kid. So when kids go go missing that are under in in, in care of child protective services. 
they do not report kids that go missing because they cl- they claim they're a runaway. Oh, like, from their own services, like from right, a right. foster parent's house. Correct. I thought or, you were talking about Disney for a second because, like, if a kid goes missing at Disney World, right? They don't they don't report this to the police. They report this only to their own security. Whoa! But it's so big that you know this is where the state's going to come in and probably utilize and have police officers throughout the whole park now. Did you guys know that Disneyland and World are both really haunted because of many deaths that have happened there? And also, yeah. apparently there's this thing that they have a huge problem with. They have to clean, like there's like a man-made river in, in each of them. They have to clean it deeply once a year because so many parents come take their kids' ashes and spread it in the rivers at Disney World. Ew. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. And it's like why man-made. You, why would you bring it there? So they have to go get um people like they have a policy against like do not bring your children's ashes and come oh spread them at Disney World. Wow. Um but we have a caller. Gigi in South Carolina, what's on your mind? Oh, uh, I'm sorry about that. I clicked the wrong button, Gigi. You can go ahead. Hi everybody. Good evening. Hello. Hi Gigi. Good evening. I got another letter from Ian. Hey. Oh, I didn't know he wrote you twice. Yes. It's so wonderful reading his letters. God bless him. He's positive. He's upbeat. He maintains a wonderful, meaningful, purposeful routine, and I'm so proud of him. Aw, thank you so much, Gigi. Yeah, he's definitely staying busy, and just right before the show, I was on the phone with him, and I I got to let our friend um, who was here fixing my dryer um, talked to him, and he hadn't talked to him yet, and he was like, well, I'm so glad to hear your voice, Ian, because you sound really positive. You don't sound yes. upset. Yes, and I love reading his letters because, like me, he's very passionate about politics and international affairs, and he writes a lot of his opinions about the Holocaust and what's happening in Gaza with Israel and it is so nice to correspond with somebody with intelligence. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks so much. And that's much. my news that's fit to print. My birthday is this Saturday. I'm getting old. Happy birthday, Gigi. Uh, we're all getting old. Yeah, Every we moment. are. <laughs> but I still look damn good. All right. That's great. And you sound good. Well, thanks. Thank you very much, everybody. You too. Happy birthday. Yeah, you have a Thank good you. birthday, Gigi. And have a good night. We also have Tim in Florida on the line. Tim, what's on your mind? Oh, man. Well, the first thing that was on my mind was I reached for my beer and it's out. So I got a warm one from the box. Well, that sucks. Um, a warm one? Yeah. But Terrible. it's because I don't want to walk to the fridge because now I'm online. I'm on the radio. So I'm not going to walk to the fridge. Oh, cheers. Uh, anyway, I've been listening to a LibriVox audio version of. A uh, book called uh, Eusebius Church History. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Eusebius. But, uh, I, yep. Yep. Eusebius. Um, so some people have accused him of fictionalizing a lot of history. Uh, you know, but I don't know. But there was a particularly interesting story. He has a lot of stories of martyrs in the first 300 years. Um, one of which was an older lady who, you know, confessed, uh, you know, confessed to be a Christian, which was a death sentence. And um, and basically your reward, they call it the crown, the trophy, is your martyrdom and your death. And uh, so 
during uh, during what would normally be a, a normal Coliseum spectacle. Instead, they hung her from a cross upside down. Uh, oh, wow. And, and uh, basically released wild beasts to eat her while there was some other battle going on between gladiators. I don't know if they were fighting other animals or people, but they basically, because the wild animals would not eat her, they they took courage to fight. So did, can you give us a lowdown who Eusebius is? Uh, he's some kind of Roman uh, church historian. I don't, you know, I feel I kind of knew when I called in tonight that Maybe I'd have to well, follow um, up with more information, but I know that uh, he's um, known to be sort of like the father of like the church. So like hmm. he sort of uh, gathered the stories and and basically, I think he was trying to portray him in a certain way. And like, yeah, you know like how, Irenaeus. You know how it goes with the. But then you got like you know Constantine and uh, the rest of the disciples deciding what the rest of the stories are. But he was a part of it, you know. I would say he's most influential to it. Ian and I are also reading a book right now that talks about the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, and it the book is more interesting than that because it just gives you a bunch of history of early Christianity. I had no idea that at the be- very beginning, like the earliest, like, you know, 100 years after Jesus died, people were saying, like, it's just so crazy how these Christians, they're from all different walks of life, but they have the same belief and they are voluntarily taking care of each other. Like, they would have funds and, you know, pull things together for each other voluntarily for, you know, older sick people or or poor people, and they were doing all that stuff voluntarily, and it was shocking, um, like, Romans or, you know, people who weren't Christians that ran into them, they were like, what's up with these people, like? They're really not selfish, and and I just found that was really interesting because I they don't normally teach you that like in, in anything you ever hear about that stuff. They talk about a lot of the killings, um, you know, whenever you hear about that kind of thing. But I thought it was really interesting that that was a successful little society. Well, many societies all over the like uh, Roman kingdom or whatever you call that um, of voluntarists, kind of just mm-hmm. because they. Yeah believed in Jesus's um, message of do unto others. And that's all the non-aggression principle is, is do you unto others as you'd have them do? I almost uh, like not to shun of religion or anything like that, but I think a lot of this that was happening like in Roman times with Christianity was, it was just uh, a trend. It's like Pokemon cards. It's like, let's, we're kind of bored. Let's try this new thing. And Hmm. literally I think that's what has been going on for a long, long time. I just think it's cool that some people got inspired by Jesus's word to do something actually good, you know, like plenty right. of people got inspired by biblical texts to do bad things as well. I like you know? to say that no religion is wrong. It's just as long as it works for you and you're not killing people at the end of the day. Well, thanks so much for the call, Tim. Yeah, I, there was one story in there about a woman named Perpetua in, um, oh, what I can't, uh, Car- Carthage. I'm not sure how to say that. It's like Northern Africa. And she was like a young lady who just had a baby and she was married and she got sentenced to be ripped apart by beasts as well. And the story goes that like she was asked by her father, like, oh, my gosh, please just renounce this. And she said, do you see that pot of water? 
how it can no longer change what it is or no easier change what it is than I can change what I am. And um, then when the beasts were ripping her apart in the city, town, square or whatever, she was like in euphoria. Like she was being like, I, I'm not saying this is true. I'm just saying that that's how the story goes. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of an interesting story of sticking to your guns in situations the last one he's told is a little bit just more um awful Mm. i mean they're both awful to be honest i know it's like a side note but just reminded me but there's a very old ouija board for sale oh my god but i told you the thing about ouija boards what did you like you probably want to have a new one because oh yeah it's been used before that sort of thing this one seemed really old like 60s it's like the oldest of the old um thrift store <laughs> oh wow wow if i owned a thrift store i probably wouldn't take in an old ouija board. <laughs> but they got it That's the place crazy. is haunted wow the salvation army yeah my sister and i made a ouija board once but we just it didn't really work for us and then we burned it so i think that's why nothing bad came of it we made it ourselves on the back of like a like a poster board right yeah one yeah. of somebody had made some um protest sign that it just seemed kind of irrelevant at this point like i think it had something to do with covid so i was like okay so i made a ouija board on the back of it (laughs) (laughs) it didn't really work yeah yeah we we played with a ouija board when i was a teenager and you know i just thought my cousin was moving around and he thought i was moving it around whoa (laughs) you know so that's um, crazy but i mean and it was sort of not really making any sense Mm. you know what it was saying or doing i've never seen it make sense I think it's easy to ask like yes or no questions, just so maybe it'll give you some sort of reading. And then my grandmother's like, "What is this?" And she actually burnt it. She went crazy mm, when wow. she saw it. She just started like, "Oh yeah." I think I I might have even gotten like a spanking over that. Yeah, and all of us did. Even my my I think my brother who had nothing to do with it, he got a beaten too. Can't believe I'm pretty him. Sure. Wow. Uh, but she was like really adamant uh about not you know not playing with that thing she's yeah like, it's gonna bring in spirits and you my know, parents would not yeah. ever allow that either and that's why i never did it as a kid so i did it like a couple months ago <laughs> but um i don't know i i kind of do think that it could be a bad thing because like you could like get in communication with just a low level stupid spirit and then start believing it that like they always want to say they're god don't they like when you actually start communicating with things like using a spirit box they always start saying that they're God, and they're it's so God. creepy. Yeah. They're like, I'm God. I don't know. I've never had communication that I'm aware of with a spirit, so. A spirit box is just a radio that is rigged up to where it's nonstop scanning, and that's probably the easiest way to do it. Hmm. 603-283-6160. And if you want to bring up whatever's on your mind, you can. That's the number to call. But continuing on here, we have more about this story about Mickey Mouse. He's going to soon be out of copyright um, his 95 years or whatever. It says that ever since Mickey Mouse's first appearance in the 1928 short film Steamboat Willie, people have associated the character with Disney's stories, experiences, and authentic products, a Disney spokesperson said in a statement to the Associated Press. That will not change when the copyright in the Steamboat Willie film expires. And that's such a good point. Like, people are going to think about Disney every time they see it. Yeah, and, you know, I I look at it as uh, people are not going to make a product that Disney had already made. Hmm. They're going to make products that maybe people want that Disney didn't make, right? Like, so I can just imagine, like, someone getting a a custom necklace and it was, it's, it's Steamboat Willie, 
you know, a Mickey Mouse on a boat, right? Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, like, Disney going after that jeweler for making this necklace for somebody. I'm sure they it, would. It'd be so silly. Like, in, after January 1st, I guess they can't, but I, I want to get into the asterisks. They said, but it'd be so silly if they did. Imagine if they, they're so petty and, like, they're wasting their time. And, you know, anyways. I feel, feel like that is one um, industry where you'll see things and you'll be like, I bet they didn't, like, get copyright protect or uh, request for that because, like, there's, like, jewelers in mall kiosks and they're selling, like, a whole bunch of different Superman. It, they usually don't go after the small guys. Yeah, exactly. The small fries doing the stuff. Like, there's airbrushers that do all kinds of Disney characters all day. Yeah. But they're not going to go after them. They're going to go after the one that, like, that produced it for every Walmart. You know, that's the one they're going after. Um, Another thing I was going to say is people should use cryptocurrency logos if they want to make because that's not copyrighted like you can make t-shirts with bitcoin whatever on it and you'll probably sell it because it's already got this brand behind it and um like if i was going to make a like a t-shirt brand or necklaces like you said i would try that because lots of people would want it and there's not copyright no one owns bitcoin or the logo or anything so i think you could do that pretty i'm gonna do mickey mouse's face with bitcoin like signs in his eyes bitcoin Bitcoin sign, yeah, Bitcoin chain, Bitcoin signs <laughs> in his eyes instead of dollar signs, Bitcoin signs. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Well, it's uh, it, go- it going on. It says current artists and creators will be able to make use of Mickey, but with major limits. It is only the more mischievous rat-like non-speaking boat captain in Steamboat Willie that has become public. Wait, what? Why they why they say it was rat like? It was kind of weird, yeah. It just seems like that's just they're they're taking a punch at him for no reason. I, I feel like I haven't seen um, the actual video. Just I've seen like clips of it, like in references, you know. Exa- exactly. It's just whistling Mickey. Yeah, it's like you're not even saying. But um, so I'm not really sure what he means. Like, but it's only the rat like one. Like, is there another Mickey in the episode? Oh, no, no, no. It says, more modern versions of Mickey will remain unaffected. But yeah, yeah, we already figured, knew that. Um, the more modern versions of Mickey will remain unaffected by the expiration of the Steamboat Willie copyright. And Mickey will continue to play a leading role as a global ambassador for the Walt Disney Company in our storytelling theme park attractions and merchandise, Disney's statement said. Not every feature or personality trait a character displays is necessarily copyrightable, however, and courts could be busy in the coming years determining what's inside and outside of Disney's ownership. Wow, what a dumb thing people waste their time on. Disney is like, they're really, they're trying to uh, save something that doesn't need to be saved. Like, we all know it's Disney, and it's always going to be known as Disney. It's, no one's going to be stealing their their junk cartoon. Right. If anything, that like what we're saying, I, I think that if somebody made, you know, a bunch of merchandise with Steamboat Willie on it, it kind of is advertisement for Disney. Like people see that yeah. and they're like, oh, I want to watch Sleeping Beauty now. Like, That's like one of my favorite rappers, uh, Immortal Technique. He's all about freedom and like, you know, burn my CD and hand it out. Right. Nice, and all that. Yeah. He didn't really want you to sell and make a profit off of burning a CD, but yeah, and he he had a show, and someone outside was selling like their own version of a Moral Technique shirt. So he didn't like totally rip off his you know his tour shirts. The guy was making his own shirts with mm-hmm. Moral Technique's face on it, and 
He's like free they, advertising They beat him up, him. though. Really? Moral Technique beat, beat the guy up. Whoa. And the crew beat him up. Whoa. And, like, Moral Technique and a few of the guys got, like, arrested and, like, you know, jailed and everything. How stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, the guy's advertising for you. Like, yeah, literally. You Same need it, a Moral Technique. To you, essentially, if you tried selling unlicensed Grateful Dead merch at some kind of, you know, Grateful Dead show, except for it would be men with badges, you know, beating you up and tasing you if you resisted or, you know, putting you in prison. And, Are they famous for the same thing? Well, not not like, but the state's famous for enfor- enforcing that copyright. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that, I, that I've often, you know, theory I've believed in years, for years is the reason you're being charged in court for these victimless c- crimes is you're using copyright of the state, which is the all capital letters name and date of birth that's on all your slave documents. They, they don't go after one-offs, like someone doing a tie-dye of the Grateful Dead skull. Hmm. They're not going to go after you, but if you're but mass-producing like, it. They're kind of like hippies. They probably don't want anyone making profits at all. 603-283-6160 if you want to get in on the conversation. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. to get in on the conversation with us. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Joa. And Jay wanted to tell you about Anarchapulco. Yes. So uh, from February 11th to 16th is going to be the 10th annual Anarchapulco Freedom Anarchist Conf- Conference. It's uh, They're calling it the Anarchapulco Reborn. So uh, I will be presenting down there uh, on investing in our posterity. I'll be talking about a lot of the things you hear me talk about. You know, we'll be talking about what the Internet is doing to your children's brain, how it's rewiring it, uh, solutions, uh, solutions for teenagers, getting teenagers off the Internet. You know, it's an extremely addictive drug. Uh, I also uh, trying to put together an actual blacksmithing workshop down there. Uh, I can't promise that yet, but uh, I'm trying to come up with some locally sourced tools. And uh, that was probably a little easier before the uh, hurricane happened mm. uh, that came through. That's uh, but uh, the hotel that the hotels are all say, stating they're going to be open uh, in January. Uh, many of the hotels are planning on being open for Christmas. You know, the Christmas uh, season is huge in, in, in uh, Acapulco for, you know, the local Mexicans. They're very much about their uh, holidays. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of great speakers there. There's going to be a lot of information. There's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and if you uh, want to buy tickets, 
tickets to Anarchapulco, please use uh, co- coupon code J-A-Y. That's coupon code J, and you will get 10% off your tickets. Nice. Hope to see you there. Sounds fun. I've never been, but I watched The Anarchists, the HBO story or um, miniseries about it, and it definitely sounds fun. Just like going to Mexico sounds fun, too. And everybody says Anarchapulco, I mean, uh, Acapulco, because I think that's how you say it, is a really pretty place. So, yeah, if you want to do that, just use coupon code J, and then it will help J out. So, in the last segment, we were talking about copyright and Mickey Mouse's original character, Steamboat Willie, which is so weird. Like, he had a whole different name. Like, why'd they change it? Um, Is becoming not copyrighted anymore. So, you can get that story at fox59.com, but I think Joa had an uh, interesting subject he wanted to bring up about the movie. Oh, the movie, yes. The Obama, apparently. Leave the world behind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't really actually even know anything about the movie. I didn't so know. So you watched it, though, right? uh, Yeah, but I didn't no idea it was actually funded by Obama or anything. So I went into it completely biased. I just started to watch it because it had some good known actors like uh, Julia Roberts and Kevin Bacon and Ethan Hawke, uh, a few other people, well-known people. But the movie was good overall, I've got to say. Uh, but the thing is, is that it was clearly a warning hmm. to the public. Like, what, what what's going to happen? I don't want to spoil it too much and kind of warning if you want to see it. I don't want to spoil it for you because you hmm. kind of want to go into it with the surprise. Yeah. But it, it seemed like uh, they really did want to sort of let us know that not particularly how the movie went down would be the way things happen, but, you know, an imminent, like, attack could occur in all kinds of directions, and how are you prepared? These are all kind of things that get brought up in the movie, and, it, it you know, it's up to you guys to get be prepared if something happens, and let's just say you just had to prepare for, like, two weeks. Are you even prepared for two weeks? Yeah. So... And, and how are you prepared uh, is a different prescription for everyone. Yeah, and like in the prepping sense, it's one thing, but in a mental sense, like are you mentally prepared to deal with this for for a month, maybe? And and yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between you know living in a condo in a city to where you know you're literally getting Uber Eats every day, or do you live out on a farm? You know, that's off grid in the middle of nowhere. Like, for example, this morning I was at a, a, a farm, Bardo Farm. Uh, you know, they're an off grid farm, basically in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, you would have to probably leave Bardo Farm to realize, you know, that it's hitting a fan. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, for example, but like, uh, you, you know, even my place is, you know, uh, if the power goes out, uh, you know, I, I, you know, we have a plan. We have ideas. Like, you know, one of the first things that we're going to start doing when the power power goes out is we're going to start uh, pressure canning a lot of meat. Yeah, so I got meat in freezers, for example. Um, and the other thing too is when if you know if infrastructure stops right away, uh, you know, one of the reasons I I just I have three rabbits, for example, uh, one male rabbit and two female rabbits, and if like. Yeah. those rabbits we're going to start breeding rabbits right now it, you know it, it, you know as part of the plan too uh because you can you know produce a lot of rabbit meat pretty quick uh rabbits you know sure. you know reproduce very very fast joe you got rabbit experience yep and um and then we also have uh been practicing so one of the things that i, I think new hampshire is a really great place to be 
uh, when it hits the fan, especially if it happens in like January and you're in rural New Hampshire, you know, these city people aren't aren't going to make it to your farm to aggravate you if there's no fuel, hmm. if they can't run their cars, they're going to freeze to death before they and get there. And it's too fat to walk a mile. And, well, yeah, most of, <laughs> most of the city people, oh, yeah. Like, right now, 42% of Americans are, like, obese. Yep, we were talking about yesterday. They're trying to make fat phobia illegal in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh the skinniest God. state, which is, uh, that's, like, the weirdest part. And and well, Colorado's just gone totally off the rails. I, I think people um, would go hungry because they're not willing to even kill the animal. Well, I feel well, like that's well, gonna be a big off, pop, big percentage of population. Well, like you mean like a dog? Because I mean, I mean, that's not the difference between life and death. Like it's not like if I eat coconut, I'll survive ten more years, and if I don't, it, it's like there's I'm lots not, of reasons. I'm not talking about things that have been life. domesticated. I'm talking oh. about like you know, if you see a wild rabbit, are hmm. you gonna be able to? Or non-domesticated farmed rabbit, right? I mean, and, and you could are you going to be able to harvest it? You going to be able to take care of it? You know, to to be able to prep it for food and everything. Are you gonna I be wouldn't able to do even that? be able to catch one. If I'm being honest, actually, I can't catch a rabbit. I mean, I can. I, I actually, I can knock one out with a stick. I could use coconut to catch a rabbit, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, when I was in Colorado, we used to pick off rabbits all the time with a twenty-two, mm. uh, and yeah, with the, yeah, you know, so. And I'm just thinking, like, not everyone's going to have a 22. So like, another thing we had is we had a really good slingshot, and there was this Mexican guy. And every time that we worked on, like, uh, something we had to replace the bearings, uh, we would take the uh, little ball bearings uh, or, yeah. or even the radio bearings, and we'd put them in a bucket, slingshot ammo, mm-hmm. and you know, like pieces of half a pieces of chain link, uh, bearings, like little metal things. And the Mexican wow. guy, he, he could, like... You know, half the time he would he would nail the rabbit dead, Whoa. and like and you eat know, them? uh, yeah. Well, we fed him to the dogs mostly, or mm-hmm. I, he yeah. took them and fed them to his dogs. Uh, but actually, the rabbits in Colorado, because we were surrounded by alfalfa fields, were really good hmm, because they were basically free range alfalfa rabbits. But the problem with a lot of the rabbits is like they're just loaded with parasites. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they're like wild rabbits. I mean, yeah, you better really cook that stuff. And you know, I. I'm glad that you two are on the show because I, whenever I was, ever I was hearing about, there were some free staters that were like all excited and ready to eat bear, a wild bear someone shot. Yeah. That's one of the first things I thought, like, wouldn't that be a very parasite animal? Like, it could. What do you guys think about that? I, I, so, I just was a little flabbergasted also because I just don't really see the purpose. Like, there are already so many other things for people well, to eat. The, the, the so, obvious thing would be just cook it enough. So, so just cook it enough. So a lot of animals are loaded with parasites. So, like, yeah. for example, one of the reasons uh, turkey season is not in the summer is because in the summertime, the turkeys have generally lots of parasites in them, the wild oh. turkeys. And in the wintertime, they don't, from what Why? I understand. Now, well, I'm not, I, I don't know the end. Well, yeah. so they, they will sort of naturally eat certain things in, in wild that will kill the parasites. Uh, and then they're not picking up the parasites so much in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, is is what I understand. Maybe somebody could correct me. If I, I'm, I'm gonna guess that they're not eating like the feces of other animals in well, the winter. It's it. Well, it's so basically most animals don't. Um, so what's one of the benefits of like rotational grazing? So when like you run uh, cows, and then uh, and then you run some sheep on that ground, like you move the cows off, then run some sheep, and then you run chickens over the ground, and then you run pigs over the ground, the same ground. Um the um those those animals 
share like you know don't share you don't share the same parasites right now pigs and humans can share share a lot of the same things because they're pretty similar uh but the uh, so when you're doing a different species, where you really get into parasite problems with with farming is where you have like these commercial hog farms where there's like you know four thousand hogs and you know in a ten acre building. Yeah, and they never for example, change it or, out. You know, it's always hogs. It's always the yep, same ground. Yep, ten thousand, you know, cows on you know the same feedlot, for example, and concrete and also, floors. Well, well even yeah. a lot of, like a lot of the feedlots are just dirt. But uh, the, the pigs are definitely a lot of them are raised on concrete in the uh, commercial facilities. That's is that kind of mean? Like, doesn't that hurt them? I would say it does, but it also like wears their hooves down, so it's like comfortable. So like their body's adjusting. Well, I just think it's like it, yeah, it's flat. Like there's no the pigs like to burrow and try to like you know make a bed for themselves. Like they don't really have much opportunity. You got to throw hay in there, and they they use that. But it's it's like concrete floor, you know. That's so sad. That's why well, I just don't it's easy eat. to clean. So I try as all. hard as I can not to eat like meat that is just comes from you know just like. I don't know if I, I would never just go buy hot dogs at Walmart, for example. Right. Yeah, anything That's at Walmart's going to be yeah. anything yeah. in the grocery yeah. store, any commercial grocery Tyson. store is quite literally going to be you know yeah. corporate tortured animal. Yep. is 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 you know what we refer. Oh, it to says cage free though, Jay. Well, it said cage free. Well, well, cage free is usually it's in like a uh, you know it's in like a, a three acre barn and there's you know twenty thousand hens. You know what cage free sounds like to me? That they're so fat they can't even walk. So they don't need a cage. Yeah, so <laughs> That's what a cage tree sounds like to me. Well, I've heard that if you're going to buy eggs at the grocery store, it's important to look for pasture raised, and that's the best. Yep. Yeah. So, yes. so locally here in New Hampshire, we have an outfit called Pete and Jerry's, yep. and they're mm-hmm. out of, I believe, Melrose, New Hampshire. So one of my good friends, it, he raises uh, Pete, Pete and Jerry eggs, and he, has, um, he, he does 20,000 chickens. Uh, and he has a huge barn. It is like I don't know. It's like a hundred foot wide and like fifteen hundred. It's it's massive. It's and he's got fifty acres fenced in all around the barn. And those chickens basically run that fifty acres all summer long. Nice. And in and all winter long. And basically they can go. And so in the winter time when it's like nasty cold, you know you only see like you'll see a few hundred chickens outside. But like definitely like in the summertime, like you go in the barn and it's just about empty. Almost all the chickens are outside during yeah. the day and then they all come nice. back in and they lay eggs. There's a little bit of an issue with that because there's eggs. Yeah, they, a lot of them end up laying eggs outside. Oh, yeah. Easter egg hunting. And so. Yeah. But he's got a bunch of crows. And what the crows do is they go pick up all the eggs. Oh, that's you know. Af- well, I mean, so he doesn't go outside and pick up the eggs on the ground and, you know, send them to, you know, package them oh uh i mean you just couldn't do it it was just you know they should have like pick uh like you know find your own eggs (laughs) well yeah he he, he's actually pretty like secure about you know biosecurity like yeah no it doesn't allow anybody in his barn you walk in with poopy shoes you know oh my goodness that's off limits (laughs) um but anyways uh the the he does a really good job, and you know he, he he's like a, he's a family farm. So like Pete and Jerry's, they're expensive eggs. They're like eight bucks a dozen. I haven't seen these. I've seen them as low as like six fifty. Where do you get them? Uh, market basket anywhere. Yeah, they're they're everywhere. market basket. I don't think I've. Noticed I don't think that they're brand. in Walmart. They're definitely in Market Basket. They're in Hannaford. Yep. They're in. Yeah. Um, uh, they're I think in, they're the most popular up. egg besides whatever that store brand egg is. Usually, the store brand egg always sells better than the rest. But I think. Peeing Jerry is the number one selling egg. Oh, and this guy does rotational grazing also. So when he takes the um, 
Uh, so he basically, he 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 has uh, laying hens oh. for two years. I've seen this. I've bought and, these before. And then he has, uh, I forget how much time off, but then he goes with uh, no, n- no chickens on his farm. I don't know if it's for a year or for six months. But what he does is on that 50 acres, he pastures cows. Yeah, smart. So, yeah. And then he, um, and, and he, this guy grew up as a pig farmer. Uh, so he understands, but he doesn't want to do pigs on his pastures because it's it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he uh, but he has another you know more you know pasture elsewhere and another farm. He also makes a bunch of hay. I mean, it, you know, he's just a he's like he's all like by a, himself or just like oh employees. Yeah. All by oh so this is one of the guys I buy hay from. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think he is in his sixties. Wow, I'm not sure how old he is. Actually, he's way older than he looks because because my wife was like oh. Yeah, you you know, like he he said how old he was, and my wife was like shocked. She's like, "Oh man, I I didn't think you were much o- over 50. And he just wow. starts laughing. He's like, "Oh, I'm sixty something." You know, like she was off by like a decade. Wow. And but so he makes a whole bunch of hay. We buy hay from him. And that's and, exercise. And and this summer I'm going to get hay from him. I'm showing up there with my you know my wife and my two kids. And, you know, they're three and two and they, you know, my wife drives a truck around and Cypress, you know, and Cash, they kind of try to help with the hay a little bit. They're really little. Uh, so, you know, it's it's tough. But uh, his whole hay crew is just a bunch of his farmer neighbors. And like there's like a 75 a, a, a year old woman driving a hay truck. There's like an 82 year old guy driving a tractor bailing the hay. Wow. The guy that owns the farm, he's like in his 60s. He's on the wagon stacking the hay. And then there's like a couple other guys. Um, they got like so they stack some of the hay, and then some of the hay they drop on the ground after they get the you know all the hay on the wagons, and they don't have any more wagons. And then we got to go. And I usually go around to pick up that hay off the ground. That's what I buy off them. And then uh, he also has his hay truck, big flatbed truck. And yeah, there's a, the woman's like you know, like I said, she's in her seventies, <laughs> driving a truck. And then all the like other guys working uh, were um, uh, were. Uh, uh, you know, they're they're all in their 70s and their 80s, and it's like July, and it's hot out. It's 95 degrees, and they're just stacking hay. And, and they all look 20. And, and, and one day I come up there with uh, a 14-year-old boy, uh, lose his name. He's, he's a great worker, homeschool kid. You know, he's just, he's, he's uh, you know, what a kid was 100 years ago. Cool. And... Th- and and all of them were like, you found a teenager that can work? Oh, I was just wondering, <laughs> do none of these old people have kids that want to help work with them N- like you? None of their kids want to work. Hmm. Wow. None of, and, and I tell all these guys, I'm like, you, you got grandkids? Oh, yeah, we got grandkids. What's going on with them? I'm like, cut they're them out. They're being consultants. I go, cut them out of the will. <laughs> because you cut your kids out of the will because you're they're not raising your grandkids right. And they all say the same thing. They blame it on the internet devices. They're like, all wow. the kids want to do is play video games. All they want to do is look at they're the smartphone. They're glued in. They don't want to think and, about anything else. And and, uh, and and the thing is too is like so the generation of the seventy two you know to eighty some odd year old farmer you know made their kids worked and they worked them hard and so those kids now are all in like their forties and their fifties and these guys are hardworking ambitious guys so they go get these corporate jobs and they can make a half a million dollars a year two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year but because they have these corporate jobs that, that they'll work sixty eighty hours a week because when you grow up as a farmer you got no problem working sixty or eighty hours a week. So what happens, you know, in the farming was was hard in the 50s, hard in the 60s. Today it's easy. But anyways, it, it's not easy today, but it was way harder back then. You know, the weather forecasts weren't as good. You know, there was no tractors with air conditioning. You, you know, you, you, I mean, but these guys were, that were, you know, that were, um, you know, old, their old timers on the tractors in the 50s and the 60s were so happy they weren't doing it looking at the hind end of a horse, you know, the whole time because they right. grew up, you know, farming with horses. So... 
then their kids, you know, get this tremendous work ethic. And then, you know, in the 80s, when they're when their adults are like, I can I, I, I can make, you know, all this money working a corporate job and all these hours. Um, I'm just going to do that. And then they get so used to their corporate job that by the time they have their own kids, you know, they're just putting their kids in, in daycare or n- now nowadays they're. You know, they're they're just putting their kids in front of a, an internet device because it's a cheap, inexpensive babysitter. pacifier and babysitter. And when they're sending them to daycare, you know, a lot of these daycares are using the uh, you know the internet device also. Wow. So oh, it's so sad to see the like the, the even parents dropping kids. Kid. Just sit there and watch kids. You can't do it. You got to give them a. I know that's what I'm saying. Like tablet, childcare. Now you drop off your kids, and they give them a tablet. Wow. And they so go bad. and sit down wherever, and they drone away. And then they're forced to play kickball, and you have a few that complain. They get their way, and they get to still play on their tablet. And like, <laughs> that's terrible. But so wait, kick, kids, kickball is too too uh, too physical. So so and, and, <laughs> and not joking. and by yeah. the way, not all Bullying. daycares you know uh, use tablets, but. You know, you know, there's going to be a big difference. Like the daycare that you that's using the tablets, obviously going to be a cheaper daycare, and a daycare that's not using. So there are definitely daycares that are like doing like stellar jobs, hmm. but they are expensive because they have a, a staff that is you know very involved, and it takes you know a lot of attention. So this is kind of what brings on you know. So like like these like the average American farmer is in his is in his mid seventies right now, according to you know the numbers oh that like owns a farm. Well, scary. Same thing with like you know a lot of these like nuclear power plants and you know like so my my father in law he was he's seventy four he you know he's a retired you know um, mechanical engineer oh uh, so he worked in nuclear power plants most of his life I mean the guy is like just has so much knowledge um, in fact I'm I'm really disappointed that he's just like you know hanging out retire he's retired in florida just you know watching tv hey. and sitting in his pool because <laughs> he should be like teaching a bunch of kids you know his knowledge hmm. he actually um but i'm very fortunate that when i first bought my house my house was i basically bought a fixer-upper and needed a lot of repair and when i first bought the house he spent mm, the better part of a year he would show up two or three days a week for a year and just just you know he would cut all the boards and i'd be up on the ladders and the scaffolding you know and uh he, you know, he was, you know, 68, 69 years old, you know, when we got to house and he like just helped me out so much. And he taught me a lot. I, I About learned, building things. J- well, just as I was doing this, I was learning all these things. And I also have a geodesic dome. And because he was a fan of uh, Buckminster Fuller, who was like, you know, the grandfather of geodesic dome t- you know, houses, you know, hmm. here in America, he always wanted to be a, build a geodesic dome. So he was excited to help me work on his house. But he just... Nice. You know, help me with all like plumbing, electrical, you know, framing, concrete work, roofing. Uh, you know, how does he know all that stuff? Just being a because he engineer. grew up as a farm kid. Oh, okay. Oh, so yeah, he's not your typical engineer. Yeah. So, yeah, so most sure. engineers are pretty useless except for what they're. You know, uh, hmm. it's, I'm serious. Like they, you know, like yeah, oh, I'm an electrical engineer, but you know, I can't zip up my fly or you know change a tire. <laughs> you know, I'm a mechanical engineer, but I couldn't touch anything electrical because that's not my job. This is. Another thing that academia has done to hmm. you know uh, the modern world is they've compartmentalized everybody. Yeah. So everyone has one specific skill and either doesn't have the confidence to try doing something else, wouldn't dare, or that you know they're not ins- they don't have the liability insurance to do something else. It's kind of like these unions. You know, if you like are an operator on a machine, you better not put diesel fuel in that machine because that's the luber's job. Or you better not check. You, you know, you better not clean the tracks off that excavator. That's somebody else's job. You know, wow. crazy stuff like that. That makes a lot of sense. That that seems like something they would do on purpose, like 
set up jobs and yep. college degrees and stuff like that to be very compartmentalized because then people are still more dependent. On, yeah. They're dependent on They're somebody. dependent on the industry as well yeah. that they have to keep in the decompartmentalized industry because they only know one little thing. So they had to keep getting that one little thing job. Well, when we come back, I want to tell you why pork is the other white meat, talking about survival and parasites and whatnot. Okay, 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. You can call in about whatever is on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace. Love. And liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. that you control in 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call in if you have anything you want to bring up. That's 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Joa. And I want to tell you about Fork Fest 2024. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 13th through the 16th for the 8th annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which has sold out in recent years. Fork Fest happens the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site RV site or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 13th through the 16th. You can find out more at the unofficial website forkfest.party. You can also connect with other attendees on the Forkfest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms as well as the Forkfest forum. You can find links to those at forkfest.party. We hope to see you there June 13th through the 16th. Forkfest.party. We have some People we know in the community this year that really want to make Fork Face, make Fork Fest great again. Yeah, uh, myself and my friend Colin, we've yep. been actually talking and planning on doing some uh, stuff at Fork Fest. I would like to have uh, you know some um, awesome. presentation. I'd 
Uh, I, I plan on being at Fork Fest, uh, and I'm probably going to be pretty low-key at Pork Fest. Um, I, 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 I can't afford to spend, you know, like 10 days up at Rogers Campground. Uh, uh, last year, it was just I, I lost a lot of work. And it was expensive to have, you know, somebody, you know, take care of my farm while I was gone and like no, no garden weeding got done. And it was just, it really slowed us down a lot. So, uh, but I definitely, uh, would like to do some fork fest and, awesome. uh, and then we'll probably just going to go up and Kent tent camp, you know, the last, um, couple of days of pork fest, you know, just uh, up by the, uh, kid thing. Cause I'm just going to do stuff with my kids. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for the uh, couple of days of Pork Fest. They any- love running around there, don't they? I always see Jay's kids just all over Pork. Well, at least oh, your daughter. It. Yeah. Yep. Maybe the the boy can't go as far, but I oh, always see your he, daughter running he can, around. He can hang with anybody now. You oh, know, wow. He's, uh, yeah, he seems guy, pretty chill. He, well, he just loves to climb. He just wants to climb everything. Um, <laughs> wow. And he is like a, a daredevil, and he wants to climb on stuff and jump off of it. Uh, definitely very much different, you know, than my daughter. My daughter still is, is not as brave and she's, you know, almost two years older than my son. And, uh, he is just super brave and you really, you gotta like, it's like another thing I've been telling people is like, you, you know, like the free rangers, I'm like, you know, parents like, you know, uh, or, you know, I'm like, you you gotta understand Mom and dad are the frontal lobe until that frontal lobe is developed <laughs> and made all its neurological pathways, that makes sense. you know, to the brain. So you know, you are the frontal lobe. So you really got to monitor them and pay attention to them, especially the boys, because they're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't seen them in a while because I feel like the last time I saw him, you were asking me to not let him like fall over on the trampoline. So he wanted to be there while the other kids were jumping. But he was just kind of like a. Yeah, like a baby. Like I yep. was just he's holding him up, and now he's then. like climbing trees or something. <laughs> yeah, well, he hasn't climbed any trees yet. Hmm. Um, uh, and you know, we've got we've got some awesome trees. This is New Hampshire. I mean, I grew up not you know I grew up sixty miles south, or right where we are right now, Massachusetts. Basically, the same landscape. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there are, uh, I you know. I was telling my uh, 12-year-old nephew that I used to climb to the top of that tree right there at the farm, and he's like, that thing's like 100 foot in the air. Whoa. I'm like, yeah, I know. I didn't do <laughs> stuff like that. My older brother would climb trees that were, like, way higher than the yep. houses, but I loved climbing trees as a kid. Like, I had my favorite ones, and me and my friends in the neighborhood, because I am a, a Zoomer, I'm pretty sure, a Generation Z or the last year of Millennial, whatever, but everybody likes to say, oh, Gen X is the only generation that was able to just run around till the stoplights or streetlights came on but i did that and um me and my friends we would do this thing where whoever could climb to the top of a tree owned that tree quote unquote it was just a stupid rule and i owned like the mountain i owned like all the trees in in our neighborhood (laughs) nice so last segment we got to talk about pigs a little bit so oh yeah we had mentioned about raising pigs and concrete floors so here's the thing that happens when the pigs are raised on concrete floors, all the outfits I've seen, whether are uh, you know these hog operations, whether I've seen pictures, I've been to a few of them. Uh, there was uh, there was one that we used to um, when I worked in Colorado. Uh, my stepfather had a uh, custom harvest crew, and we also had a manure spreader spreading operation. So we had like half a dozen manure trucks. So there was a hog farm that we cleaned up uh, that we did the uh, the manure, and it had a concrete floor, but. There's always bedding, so they would mm. use like sand or wood chips, uh, or um, they didn't really like using like straw and 
uh, and um, corn stalks because the pigs would eat that. But uh. like, but like, yeah. uh, the, so so there's a big hog outfit, uh, New York State. It's in New. York, I can't remember what town. But I, I was there a few years, uh, about 15 years ago, and they used like sawdust, you know, wood sawdust because they had, you know, sawdust mill not far. So basically what they would do is there would be like, um, it, so the building was like, I think, 40 foot wide for where the hog pen was, and it was about 260 foot long. And what they had is they had these 20 foot gates like every 50 or 60 foot. So they would close the section off, and then they would take a skid steer or, or 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 a loader and they would push all the manure out and they and then they would add more bedding but they would go in there and keep adding bedding so they weren't just on concrete the, yeah. right they're trying to reduce floor. they're trying to reduce infections and uh them being amongst their own feces as often as they usually are in their nature right, right. so hmm. did they, but but they were definitely you know you, you know it was it was they had to like every day they would take a section of this thing and so and, and like not every day but every couple of days they'd take a section of this hog barn and they would clean it out Yep. Or kind of like a, a giant pig hamster cage. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the, and and the reason they want to raise these pigs in these barns, this all started with government subsidized right. food operations, and so same thing, you know. So you got all your cheap, you know, cheap, uh, you know, GMO food and your synthetic manure, which is you know today they call it you know just fertilizer, you know your synthetic fertilizer that's made you know petroleum based and made from other chemicals. And, it's faux-newer. Uh, faux-newer, faux yeah, I guess. So <laughs> so anyways, uh, you can... Faux-newer. So if you take a, a, a ho- you take a hog, like it, like it takes like... The way that like Bardo Farm raises their hogs is they're just out on a forest. Well, or a lot of them, the way it's set up now, they have like, you know, like, uh, you know, a third of their pen or, or a quarter of their pen is like basically just pasture. And then the rest of it's all forest. And yeah, they can just... For forage or anything they want. So basically, they'll have like twenty feeder hogs or thirty feeder hogs on you know I don't know fifteen acres, seven acres, twelve acres. You know whatever. They're all different size, and then they'll like, and but the, and then and then he'll then they'll move them to like another pen, which will be you know a six acre one, and then another one that'll be like a twenty acre, and you know he's they got like three hundred acres up there or something. So anyways, uh, well, but when they f- so 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 that meat when you buy that meat, it's really red. Like when I'm at Pork Fest cooking like a country style rib, for example, a lot of people like don't they don't see a, a country a, 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 a pork cut that is like red like steak like beef, mm-hmm. and and some people will be like, what kind of cut is that? Is that beef? Because and and even people are like, well that looks like a pork chop, but I've never seen it so red before. And I'm like, and and I and hmm. so I, so I tell them this story. I say they have red meat because these these pigs were raised on New Hampshire dirt. New Hampshire right, soil, right. and there's a lot of red clay in New Hampshire. Like, like really? Yes. So That's so weird because, like, you don't see it. Like, it's well, not it's just right like under on the topsoil. Oh, okay. So if you dig a hole anywhere around my property, you got a couple inches of topsoil, like in the forest, and then you have about a foot to like maybe four foot of clay, and then it's like sand. It's weird. Because, you can get like, a metal detector and try to find some gold, gold in that clay. It's so weird looking, but. In Alabama, I've I've always said that New Hampshire looks a lot like the like landscape of Alabama to me, except without the kudzu, which is like this crazy vine that grows on everything that was like an invasive species, yeah. and the red dirt, like you just like are driving and you see on the side of the road red. Dirt. Yeah, there's deposits here and there. Hmm. That I don't see it as common as what you're describing, but I've so, seen it a lot. So, so hmm. there's a lot of red dirt on Barrow Farm. There's a lot oh. of red dirt uh, in Hanneker. There's a lot of red dirt in I've never where. Really seen it. 
Uh, I, and I know there's a lot of red dirt in Winchester just south of here. Cause I had is a red dirt a good or bad? Well, so the reason it's red is because there's iron in it. Mm. And so, uh, like, the reason our blood is red is because of iron. Uh, basically, the only difference between chlorophyll and blood uh, is chlorophyll is in a plant and it's magnesium. Blood, it, 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 there's iron in it. So when you raise pigs, they really need iron. And what happens is in a uh, – so the reason they want to raise them in, in an enclosed facility, so when Tyson raised hogs, it's thousands of hogs in a barn that is covered, so they're not getting direct sunlight. So these white pigs – and this is also why there's some, uh, all the pigs are white now. So like a, a lot of the uh, pigs, a lot of the um, heirloom pigs have all kinds of colors and spots. So a lot of like Bardo Farms pigs, you know, some are all white, but, you know – a major, uh, I don't know how many of them, you know, have spots. They call them colored pigs. They're they're like heritage looking pigs. I rarely see them there. Um, well, oh. they 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 are there. I've never and been there. Anyways, the yeah, yeah, I don't well, the the reason the uh, the corporate hog operations put them indoors is because if you can keep pigs at like I think it's like sixty degrees, you could keep them at a specific humidity, and then you just keep them under artificial light 24 hours a day, or they'll shut off the light for like two hours a day or three hours a day. Like all different operations, you know, do different things. Is because they can basically feed the heck out of these hogs, uh, you know, be, you know, genetically modified, government subsidized, whatever is the cheapest feed. So generally, it's corn and soybeans, mm-hmm. and the soybeans and the corn, uh, as we know, they dump tons of chemicals on them. They put uh, roundup on them and because the roundup doesn't really work so well they add some kind of stinger to the roundup and like they call these stingers mm. like warrior or like you what know is a stinger What's that a mean? stinger is like a cup of this nasty poison that they dump uh, into the you know that's worse than sprayer. roundup yes because Whoa. roundup doesn't work it's for specific like you know weeds they that's wow. I, and i don't know if stinger is like the appropriate term for what these things are but when i worked on the farm out in colorado we would put this stinger with the roundup called warrior and warrior killed uh, this uh, like thistle type thorn weed that was like really nasty, and they called it. I think they called it binder weed, and it would like just totally screw up the combine. Or if you got it in, all, in the alfalfa, like the cows, it would be like this thorny stuff mm. that, and the cows wouldn't want to eat it, or it would, you know, you know, the cows couldn't eat it because mm-hmm. it was pretty nasty stuff. And so, anyways, when you so when you raise I. When you basically raise a hog to market weight, which we're going to say is like uh, a 220-pound hanging weight carcass, so that would be like with no guts, you know, basically bled out, you know, maybe that would be like a 350-pound, you know, finished hog or, you know, 330-pound. Uh, you know, it takes a, a, an outfit that's doing it like the way it's been done for years, you know, over a year to raise a hog to that size. Mm. Well, these big commercial outfits, they can raise a hog to like – in like four or six months to like a similar weight. Yeah, with and with the specific humidity, right. light, with all temperature. those with all those things. It kind of seems torturous, like well, to have the lights on almost twenty four seven. I mean, they don't know any better. You know, mm-hmm. just, just uh, that's their life. I I, it, I I wouldn't say it's torturous, but what you end up with it doesn't allow those muscles to take a break. So I guess it develops. So what you end up with is a really tender. You end up yeah. with tender meat mm-hmm. because they're not moving a lot. They're not running around. You know, they're just kind of like hanging out and, and they have just food, you know, all the time. And then what, but what they have to do is they have to put essentially a synthetic um, a synthetic iron uh, and synthetic lysine. And how good is that for you to eat? Well, 
Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, but uh, the synthetic iron is that they put in the feed is basically enough uh, synthetic iron so that the pigs don't get sick. Yeah. But the reason that this commercial pork is white is because the pigs are anemic. Oh my goodness. Because they're not on dirt. Pigs like right. need to be on dirt. They right. are like Mother Nature's plow. Like you know, I put you put pigs on like. You know, just some ground, and they're going to rip it all up. You know, it's part of their diet to consume their feces seven times over. Yeah, I was just thinking pigs, without being able to go into mud and play in mud, that sounds not very nice. they'll definitely be consuming their feces in these corporate hog operations. Hmm. You go look at my pig pen right now, uh, and since Warner hasn't been there in a couple, you know, in about a month to clean up the pig poop, there's like big piles of pig poop and like four corners. You know, I got three pigs that are on like probably about an acre. Do you have to like stop them from trying to eat it? Or? No, they don't eat it. Well, no, because they don't want to. Because yes. they got well, they got all kinds of dirt to dig in. Yeah. Now, yeah. now when it's thousands of pigs on a few acres, uh, of of, of uh, concrete, you know, with all their shavings and bedding, they're constantly going and up, you know, rutting through their own, you know, excrement. Because, uh, because they think it's dirt that's what's there. Well, it's mm. interesting because, like, uh, in the summertime, they'll go for the, you know, the poopy puddle mm-hmm. well, and, so, and, yeah, enjoy, so. and cool down. But then in the winter, that poopy puddle is actually warm because of the micro, the, my, the bacteria and it is keeping oh it goodness. warm. You can see it steaming everywhere. But the, So it, it's just a balance. I'm not saying so, that it's unhealthy for them. So mm. the, 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 the puddle you're talking about... Um, if it's an overcrowded area, it'll be a very, very poopy puddle. But pigs mm. are actually pretty clean. They are not yeah. really interested in, in, in pooping and pee and like right where they're they're eating or they're you know sleeping. You know, like animals are so much smarter about that than people think. Like coconut, my dog, he won't. He it's really hard to convince him to poop or pee in our yard. He's always like, I've just got to go like to the the next yard. Right. Well, he he, he wants his other. He wants his scent. Uh, oh, yeah, all over point. the place, you know, because he's a male. Hmm. You know, that's his uh, that's his deal. So so anyways, pork, the other white meat was essentially propaganda because when with 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 the farm subsidies, which has just done nothing but make our food just terrible, is degraded our food massively farm subsidies yep. and everything that subsidizes is the stuff you shouldn't eat. Yeah, like corn syrup. So we're not having regular sugar. It just tastes worse. Yeah. They they're making everything out of corn like I think uh, it's hyper- maybe it's even more addictive. addictive. Yeah. Oh really? Absolutely. Well, look, think wow. of the, think of it like this: um, sugar. If the sugar is what we crave, and if we're getting something other than sugar, though it has like you know the the dietary sugars, it's just that we're not getting that pure sugar, so we crave it you more. Keep drinking it. Yeah, you want. It? Yeah, exactly. Wow. So purity so is important in our diets. Pork, hmm. the other white meat propaganda was because. When they started this stuff in the '60s, people were like, "What's this white meat?" Hmm. And then they it used st- to be just really red, pink. It right, used to said- be so. So and so another thing too is like the Tamworth pig uh, was it has like a like a an, an inch and a half of fat on its back. Hmm. So that was like uh, uh, 70, 80, 100 years ago was like the number one type of pig that was yeah. raised in the United States hmm. because everybody fried their food in pig lard. Yeah. And it wasn't really till, you know, the 50s and the 60s where and it was where you had, uh, you know, the Crisco, which was basically, you know, hydrogenated vegetable oil, uh-huh. you know, leftover kind of garbage 
uh, from and like, they convince people it's healthier than pig yep. horn. So, so stupid, so and they lied. So, like, well, they did this in public schools with home ec class. They, they did also this did it with, with like early. They um, d- I TV. remember Crisco being used in my home ec class. Yeah, and, hmm. and they also there was all this propaganda of um, you know they would give you free cookbooks. Uh, and they would say, "Oh, a, a good housewife uses Crisco, and you know, here's this free free cookbook." And they would, you know, and then and, and Crisco was like a, a fraction of the price of the pig lard. And then today's modern, like Berkshire, uh, what do they call them, uh, Yorkshire uh, land race kind of pigs that you like see? These are all white ones. Uh, you know, they have like when you look at the pork chop, there's like three eighths of an inch of fat in a lot of those pork chops. And another thing too is. The commercial hog industry, they don't want pigs that are huge. Uh, they just don't want them big they, because they're, they're a lot of work to deal with. So, huh. and, and when you grow a hog, to, you know, for only, you know, five, six or seven months, it doesn't have a lot of fat on them. When you oh, grow okay. them out. They, and know, they don't care about that anymore because, like, fat is also delicious flavor if you're eating, like, a pork chop. But that's not, th- uh, there's, not uh, a lot of indus- there's not a lot of industry demand for fat because, wow. because the animal-based fat has been replaced with all of this hydrogenated seed oil stuff that is actually Terrible. one of the things that are making us super, super, super sick. And super sick, super fat. Along I, with I the, uh, when they package these uh, with pork and chicken now, is that they're using blending up bugs and they're using that as filler. So to make, keep to an eye on the ingredients. I forget the exact chitin scientific terms. Is one of the ingredients that is like chitin is basically crickets. Crickets. What? Yeah. Chitin? Chitin. C-A-H-I-T-E-N. Chit. Yeah, chitin, Radio, yeah. I believe. Oh, wow. And there's like Lacoso or something like that. It's like, it's locusts, so it's like, that's grasshoppers. Whoa. Right? Yeah, I, I haven't heard of Lacoso, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff, And but basically, the bottom line is you shouldn't be buying, you you know, like, like another thing I'm like, with parents, like, you know, so children are born with like all of the IQ they're going to get, and it's very hard to increase. But you can really decrease it, poisoning so, them with seed oils. Well, one one way you can decrease it is you can give them fake fat, like the bad fat, seed oil fats, right? Mm-hmm. So this is your country crock, your yep. buttery spreads, Margarine your veg- vegetable spreads, Crisco, all all the vegetable seed oils, oil. all the vegetable oils, um, the hydrogenated Other than, like, oils. You can feed them butter, which yep. is good for them, My and kids eat olive butter all oil. Time. Uh, olive oil, if you're not going to heat it up, it's fine. Coconut oil, and I don't really trust olive oil. Uh, coconut oil, it, yeah, it's something. I'm, I'm not a big fan of coconut oil uh, so much either, just really? because. Well, just a lot of the production of coconut oil and the fact yeah. that it's so commercialized, and it's really, you know, it's not like that. It's one of the healthier oils, but I don't think it's the tastiest. And animal- yeah, I don't really love it for taste, but ghee is my number one thing. So I ghee's really with. good. Uh, you know the. Um, uh, the beef suet, uh, the pork lard, you know, like a chicken fat. Like the chickens I raise, everybody raves about how fatty they are and how yeah. good they yeah. are. Yep, I and, ate two for Thanksgiving and they were so good. And and the and and so we've done a good job with chickens. It, it turns out, uh, and, and it's so much fun to raise chickens with your kids. But getting back to the kids' IQ is like, I, I see these parents and they're like giving their kids cereal, and cereal is just such garbage. Like oh, so delicious! Any cereal, Sometimes. I don't like it. But it's just, and, and this is another reason why you're seeing like low IQs and all kinds of health issues mm. and all kinds of problems with city people missing and, uh, and, nutrients and people who are you know essentially you know buying all their food with you know food stamps. Like and stuff. I, I knew that I know this. I'm not gonna say I know someone that their kid refuses to eat anything else but like his favorite cereal, and I'm like, 
What's his favorite cereal? I, I forget what it was. Just some oh. fruity Cheerio-y thingy. Yeah. yeah. But, and, you know. And the thing about, we were talking about this last night with uh, Lori, Nikki, and I. I think it's so weird when people say, oh, my kid refuses to eat anything else but X. Well, they will figure out that they need to eat at some point just if you're just not the giving them the Well, they're just going to die. I mean, they might get, like, leukemia so. young or something. I'm not even joking. Like, you don't oh. have the right nutrients to grow bigger. You're no, going yeah, to develop some sort of problem. I thought you were saying um, they're going to die instead of eating the Cheerios. I was like, no, I think that they'll just eat something, you know? So, so if you're literally feeding your kid candy, which is, you know, sugar is a gateway drug, right? Yep. Uh, and, and, and if you guys want to learn some stuff about sugar, there's a really good uh, lecture out there called uh, Sugar, the Bitter Truth. And then there's another one called Sugar, the Bitter Truth 2.0. And like this guy, he gets into the science about the addictiveness behind sugar. And he's like, and how a calorie is not a calorie. And he talks about the difference between like cane sugar, beet sugar, you know, and beet sugar is really bad. Beet sugar is hmm. like tons of Roundup, you know, and, yeah. and, and, um, and then he gets into the high fructose corn syrup. And then he gets into these synthetic like sugars. Uh, that I think the, like the safest stuff. The safest sugar that I would condone, like, but I do consume other sugars, but the safest sugar would be maple syrup. Because yes. it's like, maple oh, you're just honey. boiling down sap. Best. That's it. It's one of the best, too. It's just so good. Pure maple syrup, too. Uh, I'm, I plan on doing it this upcoming season. So, nice. so the thing with maple syrup is maple syrup is a, is a complex carbohydrate chain. So it is actually food for, like, the brain. And, yep. and, and it's really good for the brain. Because your brain needs sugar. I was yep. just learning about this, that sugar is, like, the number one thing that your brain uses. Yeah, so there was a uh, Andrew Huberman. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but mm-hmm. he, he's, like, a really good guy to listen to. He's a doctor. And he talks about I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. And he was talking about how, uh, like, your glucose level can basically affect, like, your, your brain function and what your glucose level is. And a lot of people are using, like, energy drinks and, you know, mm. candy and stuff like that to get their glucose level up. But the bottom line is, parents, if you're feeding your kids cereal, if you're feeding them processed food, if you're feeding them stuff out of a can like Chef Boyardee and ramen noodles oh. and chips and, you know, just that kind of letting them drink juice of any kind, like, you Pasteurized are... Pasteurized crap. Honestly, well, any, any fruit juices are not really good for I mean, you. Even if it's just a it. juice, pear, or orange, you are diminishing oh. your child's IQ. You are setting them up to be... Lower IQ. Yeah, when you peers. separate it from its like skin is what you mean, right? Because when you juice like, it. I mean, you juice the whole thing. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. More coming up. We'll continue this conversation. It's free talk live. That's the phone number for you to call to get in on the conversation with us. That is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got me, Bonnie. Jay. And Joa. And we've been talking about so many different subjects tonight, but I wanted to move on to this story from Al Jazeera. I had one that said, um, what are the environmental impacts at, at the war on Gaza? But it was a video. I didn't realize 
Um, so I looked it up again. Al Jazeera had one from December 5th that we hadn't covered. So let's just read this one. It says, is Israel's Gaza bombing also a war on the climate? And the thing about it is maybe some of these things I can't really say that I know for sure change the climate. But well, I know what hypocrisy is. I, I know that when something goes boom and you make a big giant fireball... I mean, you couldn't imagine how destructive that is to the earth. Yeah, right. I mean, no matter how much that we change it to make it a city, you're still blowing something up that requires to get more resources. It's not just, you know, the fireball that happened right there. Mm-hmm. It's you're going to have to fix it. You're going to have to build use resources from around the world yep. to build these structures again. It is horrible what they've done. It is. Yeah. I was just saying, I just, I don't know what I really, I don't have a belief about the climate change specifically because I don't just believe things. Like, I like to know facts about it and I I haven't, like, looked into it like that. But I do obviously believe that there are things humans can do that are bad for the environment. Yeah. Well, every, well, think about this. Every time they shoot off a Tomahawk missile, uh, roughly 500 ounces of silver is just blown up. It disintegrated. I yeah. thought silver was. I mean, it's gonna be hard to find if anything. If, oh. but I'm pretty sure it just disintegrates and like just just. So silver isn't like dust. gold, like an eternal. I, I forget what they call it, an eternal material or something. Well, think like of that. it like this: it's it's on uh, chips, right? Mm-hmm. So they're using it for soldering and for the connections and and these things. So they're fast, the uh, you know responding because silver is the fastest conductor, right? So mm-hmm. they have to make these things to respond fast. And if it's all spread out amongst chips thinly amongst you know, 500 ounces spread out thin, and you just blow it up into yeah. a big fireball, that is scattered everywhere. Okay, that you, makes sense. You really just can't find, like, little chunks of it anywhere. It's it's all gone, hmm. you know? So that, and how long does it take to get 500 ounces out of the ground? Like, what's all, what? Depends, how much labor? Depends on the operation. I know, but like it, it, it means something significant. Yeah. Five hundred yeah. ounces times, let's just say twenty-five. You know, that's a lot of money. Twenty-five dollars. It's right? like five hundred ounces and like a typical bomb, is what you're saying, or you just kind of make each yes. tomahawk missile. Yeah, oh. Tomahawk missile. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. So, and more and other other missiles and other technology that gets blown up constantly but, and but, like but you know sil- you know the silver is like you know the least offensive of of all the chemicals. And not not to mention even like the bullets that have depleted uranium. Sure. And, and, mm, and yep. people are like, why do they use depleted uranium? Well, it's uh, uranium illegal, to make right? a bullet. Technically, <laughs> they got them everywhere. I mean, yeah. I- Iraq is in parts of uh, is covered with depleted uranium, and the reason wow. they want to use uranium is because it's so dense. Hmm. It's way heavier than than uh, copper or steel or um, yeah. Or lead. Yep. And same thing with silver. Silver is way more dense than lead. So if you actually made a, a bullet out of out of uh silver, it would penetrate, you know, armor, you know, way better than lead because it's it's more dense. I just can't imagine being a person who sits around designing these things, building them and being fine with us. Oh could my you, like, could you imagine? No. Could you imagine being like a war sort of uh inventor? No. So you invent things for war people and you see how much war. It's like John a... Stark and Iron Man, right? Like I, th- I imagine like that's how these people live their lives. Right. Like it's just as crazy as like sitting uh, when you uh, whenever you learn about like the Spanish Inquisition and the people sitting around thinking of new ways to torture people. It's just as crazy. Yeah, this we is should what consider it crazy when people become in such positions of power. Mm-hmm. There's no check on them. 
you know, and then they end up being like, you know, a Hunter Biden, for example, you know, just able to get away with all yep. this kinds of stuff forever and forever. And just yep. because for generation, you know, for at least one generation, you know, that family or a couple of generations, they've been able to get away with all kinds of, you know, horrible things. Saying just all the, the political crime families, whether they're the Clinton crime family, the Bush crime family, the yep. Biden crime family, you know, they just, you know, these guys, uh, this is why. The founding fathers put like, you know, power should never be, you know, uh, allowed to be like, you know, within a class of men or within a family. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, that was, you know, w- you know, one of the things like mar- uh, monarchy. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, you get what we got now, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. Well, well uh, I, I, I just like I can only imagine like it's just it's never ended uh, with all these like things that they they've built and stuff. But I just remember like going to like the Renaissance Fair and going to the torture uh area and like you walk through this thing uh this building you see all it's like a mu- museum of all these torturous devices and i you know it's the same thing it's the same sort of people are around nowadays so the building is something that pro- you know is a projectile yeah, it really is um before we get into this uh story about gaza and its environmental impact we have david from new mexico on the line david what's on your mind yeah i'm calling a man about a horse yeah, um, today, but uh <laughs> but uh I'd I'd come and see I'd I'd go to see a man about a horse, but you're too far away, so I'm going to call you instead. Um, and uh, you talk about the uh, people career building. Excuse me, I don't feel well, so that's why I'm not on uh, on the on the on the ball hmm. yesterday or today. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, what what's your question about the horse? Well, I'm going to wait on that for a second. But oh. the the, uh, the uh, my cousin of mine. Uh, Nobel Prize, 1939 physics. He, that was his job. He he helped he helped uh, uh, make the A bomb. He was uh, Ernest Orlando Lawrence. He made all of the fissile material at Oak Ridge National Lab, and uh, and he won the Nobel Prize for inventing the the first cyclotron, the Large Hadron Collider. Really, the first one of those. Yeah, was, they named Lawrence Livermore and Lawrence Berkeley National Labs after him. Oh, cool. And that's out of yeah. Mass, Massachusetts. Um, no, no, uh, Lawrence is in Lawrence Berkeley, Lawrence Livermore. That's California. And then when he was, oh, I, I, was the Manhattan, I didn't know that. When he was with the Manhattan Project, he was running uh, Oak Ridge in Tennessee, and and he never gets any credit. Um, and oh, and by the way, the family did re- regret that his work was used to make an atomic bomb. Sure. Uh, to 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 the level that his wife his wife actually petitioned the government to take the family name off of get out of here. Lawrence no, for real. Uh, you you can actually find this online. She petitioned the government to take the family name off of Lawrence Livermore and Lawrence Berkeley National Labs because she didn't want her family name attached to the atomic bomb. Hmm. Um, but the um, I forget what I was saying. There's something else about that. I'll come back to it if I remember. The uh, uh, well, let's let's go back to the beginning when I when I started listening. Oh, and and I called I called right now, Bonnie. Because you said you wanted to move on to uh, whatever uh, jive you wanted to move on to, and I'm I'm being silly. I'm not actually criticizing you. Jive. Um, but and, and I don't want you to move on. I wanted to stay with the agriculture, and oh, so okay. that's why I called now to well, interrupt. To it's intentionally up to you guys. You. you can you can bring up whatever other topic you want. That's right. We that's right. This is talk radio. Uh, we control. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we control. Right. Well, it depends. <laughs> if you if you feel if you're in the controlling mood, you can call up and control it. And if you're not really in the controlling mood, you can call up and troll it. Or you can derail it. Or you can derail it. Right. 
So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Jay, though, that, that was actually, uh, you're talking about the uh, uh, pigs. That was one of my, as a small child, one, one, of, one of my many jobs on the farm was to go get five-gallon buckets with a spade, five-gallon buckets of, of black soil, and take it into the farrowing barn to each of the, there was like 32,000 there, and when they when they had littered, uh, then bring them, I don't know, a couple of spadefuls every day for the little pigs to root around in, so that so that they could get their iron naturally instead yep. of having to be injected with iron shot. Right, right. And and one step better would have been to have instead of having uh, farrowing farrowing crates in a farrowing barn, you'd put them out in uh, out in the pasture and farrowing put the crates out in the pasture, uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, if you use crates at all, so that the little pigs could could run around and in, in, in the soil themselves without being in the barn. Um, but um, oh, and it's uh, it's a uh, uh, chitin is, is is what you're talking about, Jay. The chitin, it's chitin. Oh, um, the, uh, the, the cricket exoskeleton yep. exoskeletons of crustaceans. And oh insects. yes, yeah. yes, that does sound familiar. Thank you for that. No, yeah, no sweat. Which I, I've eaten chitin all my life because when I when I eat. Uh, uh, shrimp. Um, I usually don't bother to peel them. I just, you know, after they're cooked, I just pop the whole thing and chew yeah. up the chew up chew up all the chitin with the nice uh, shrimp flesh. Let me ask you this: uh, I, uh, I was talking to Bonnie earlier about this, but do you eat the the actual fin, like the shell of the shrimp? Oh yeah, the shrimp tail. That, that's what that's what that's what I'm saying. The oh, chitin. I, I yeah. yeah I, I just pop that whole sucker in my mouth and I and I chew it up. Yeah, you know, it's delicious, actually, right? Creeps me out. Yeah, it, it's got better. It, it adds to the flavor. Absolutely. I mean, the you eat if you just chew on that at the end, you get like probably more of the flavor out. I think it, you know, it's just not soft. Whatever, but you break it down, yeah. it eventually breaks, breaks away. You can swallow. You know. I don't like oh, them. And, I think they're gross. I feed it to my dog. She needs to try it. No. By, by the way, if you actually if you actually order your shrimp or cook your shrimp, uh, battered and deep fried, you know, butterfly jumbo shrimp, shrimp, whatever. You're you're, yeah. you're eating you're eating the uh, the shell anyway because that's in there. They're not they're not peeling those butterfly shrimp no. and then battering them deep and deep frying them. There. I don't eat that. They're, it's fried in a bunch of crap. But you should. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. But it's tasty every once in a while. You got to have some guilty pleasures. Yeah, it sucks. They do um, smell like they would be good, but I don't think I've ever had it because I used to not even like shrimp. And then when I started eating meat and stuff, I started eating it. But thank well, you for the call, David. Thanks. Thank you for calling. Oh, got a horse question. Oh. Uh, I didn't he's... hang up on you. David, are you still there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Can you go oh, ahead yeah. and ask your horse question? Yeah, and it's not just one crest question, so you can you can give me whatever time you want on horses, and then I'll call back uh, next week and talk about and ask about horses again. <laughs> okay. What did you so, want to ask? What, what, I, I mean, I grew up on a farm. I had a horse out in the pasture whenever I got in the mood, which is basically every afternoon. I'd go out there and throw a bridle on. I wouldn't waste my time putting a saddle on, but I'd throw a bridle on. This was a... a <laughs> This was a um, three-quarter, uh, quarter, three-quarter, quarter, and one-quarter Arab, and and the sucker liked to run, and, oh, yeah. and so I just get out on bareback and go down the field path at like uh, you know 35 miles an hour or yeah. whatever, which is quite an amazing experience if you haven't done it, especially if you haven't done it bareback um, as a 12-year-old. Um, and uh, I'm I'm I, all my life I've wanted to get to the point where you know, I can actually you know uh, buy a horse or two or three or four or six again and play around with them and, and it, uh, it it but that, but since I finally got around to actually seriously thinking about it which I may or may not accomplish it occurred to me that with the you know the the expense of horses which is can, which can be which can be and, and actually is if you pay cash for a 
two thousand uh, dollar motor vehicle, the horse a uh, horse is going to cost you way more than that motor vehicle is going to cost you. So it occurred to me that um, it might be a, a wise, smart uh, financial move to instead of just buying a horse, buy a papered horse. And then so I started to think about papered horses. My, my favorite papered horses are uh, uh, paint horses. However, it, it, it then occurred to me that why do I never see, and this is the first question, why do I never see paint horses that are basically quarter horses uh, at rodeos? Do you, do you know the answer to that question? Well, so <laughs> when you say at a rodeo, so are you talking about uh, like, ro- roping? Ro- ro- not, okay. We're not talking about rough stock. But, yep. Oh, and by the way, I did ride. Talking I did about ride a cowboy's horse. Stock. A cowboy's Pardon? personal horse. He's either bulldogging it, off it, yeah, it or exactly. team bear, roping bear, or bear, barrel racing. Barrel racing and ro- barrel racing and roping. I'm not talking about rough stock. So I will tell you that the paint horses are considered to be flashy and just because they're flashy good-looking horses they just bring a lot more money uh, so like you know the thing is if you're at a horse auction and mm-hmm. there was a paint horse going through there especially if it looked like maybe one you saw the week before or the month before probably something wrong with it so like it's either going to buck you off or it's got like a, a lameness issue and i will tell you a lot of my experience with the paint horses when they've bred them specifically for the color and that's what they're looking for. There's a lot of other other traits that sort of, you know, become diminished. Like they they seem to like either break down a little bit easier, or they'll maybe sort of have a, you know a bad attitude. And a lot of the mm-hmm. reasons. So a lot of the roping horses, for, for some reason, they're just ugly. Uh, it, like the 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 best roping horse, one of the best roping horses we had, you know, had a short little neck. He had a big head. He was like a roan color dapple, like he had some white spots on him. I wouldn't say he was dapple, but he was like the you know reddish roan, and he was mm-hmm. like short back. His confirmation sucked, um, like right. you know, and and but this horse could just do his job. And the other thing mm-hmm. too is a lot of the really well made roping horses, uh, f- from the cowboys I roped with. They were basically horses that they couldn't sell for, you know, yearlings as high dollar. So they had these horses just hanging around that mm-hmm. would sort of um, that they just used in part of their operation. And if the horses didn't get hurt in the operation, um, and you could they and, and they lived to be, you know, old enough to be mature to be really good, you know, then you know it takes a long time to make a rope horse. For example, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're not roping off a three year old. Uh, and because it's just, it, it, you, you can start them, but you're not going to a rodeo and performing on, right. you know, like young horses. And so a lot of the guys that were breeding horses, uh, they're, um, they, they would, you know, from what I could tell the good looking flashy yearlings, you sold for good money. And then the horses that you worked on the ranch, uh, it was something that was, that wasn't of a high value horse. So if like you were a, a car dealership, you wouldn't take the flashy platinum F three fifty and you know throw a wrecker body on it and go haul cars with it. You would take something that was like beat up and not good looking and like go do that right. job with it because you know the, the the flashy truck was worth the money. So I want to give you a little suggestion, David. If you if you kind of like horses, I want to uh, recommend uh, if you want to write this down and uh, check these guys out on like Spotify. So there's a there's a band okay. called Corb Lund. And the hurt. Oh, I know him. I've known oh, okay. I've known Corb Lund for twenty years. Oh, all right, awesome. So like actually one- lo- longer than that. Lo- I yep. discovered Corb Lund in uh, nineteen ninety nine. 
Well, uh, like I love like that song uh, "Rain and Horses" and uh-huh. uh, "Veterinarian Blues" because um, it uh-huh. just it just kind of like you know I, I I my life was like that you know up until about you know twelve years ago, especially growing up as a kid, like all that you know talking you know talking horse trading cowboy you know rodeo you know kind of country music just you know resonated well with me. But I'm glad you know who Cor Blund is because I, I I love that kind of music. Yeah, 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 he's good. So the, 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 and where I was going with that question is, so if, if a person, you know, I, my, my favorite animal is a, is a paint horse that's in the, in the quarter horse uh, confirmation um, because they're basically a quarter horse. But, but um, what I was wondering is, and, and you, you kind of answered that, and, and, and I didn't expect that the, the paints would command, <clears throat> excuse me, would command more money because I thought the non-paints would because uh, apparently people at the rodeos were avoiding them. And, and so what I'm looking for is if I, if I wanted to have horses and, and make a little money by, by doing a little bit of breeding and uh, training and then selling them off uh, to help pay for their, their room and board, um, are, are, are you in a better position if you're breeding papered uh, paint horses or papered quarter horses or what? Well, it depends who your clientele has. So, for example, who so rodeo cowboys are not paying big money for horses. Understand right. that. Uh, it is the lawyer's wife. It is the doctor's wife, uh, the trophy wife, that is going to pay the big money for the horses. So they are going to sort of command, you know, the the marketplace uh, to for these flashy, good looking because you know it's 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 the rich wife uh, that is um, the one who's going to you know, pay the money for the good-looking horse to where the cowboy don't care what that horse looks looks like. Right. You know, he he just need he he he's all about the utility uh, of that horse, right. not the looks. So so the the answer to my question then is I don't need to if I want to try to get a little payback for for my room and board that I gotta put up for uh, I'm I'm I don't need to avoid uh, a good-looking paint horse uh, uh, breeding line is what I'm what I'm hearing from you. Right. Right. So. So, so the thing is, is like, you know, um, like, you know, lesson horses right now are really bringing huge money, like good lesson horses. And a lot of like form, a lot of horses that were trained to be reigning horses. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, reigning, reigning is, uh, you know, if anybody wants to YouTube reigning, uh, reigning's a, you know, those horses are very well disciplined and well trained. And those ho- those horses are also real happy just to be kids riding horses a lot of the time. They make really good riding horses. The other thing that commands the best money is small ponies that are super broke hmm. uh, will bring hundreds wow. of thousands of dollars. What like, do you mean broke? Like broken in? Like they're not fighting? Well, broke me. Well, a broke horse is super a horse friendly, that not that is trained very well and yeah. responds very well. So if you like, bring up a video of like. Um, a, a, a reigning competition. Oh. You'll see what these horses are doing. They spin around. They slide. They're like very, that's a broke horse. He just does his job hmm. really good. Yeah. If you look at like um, the pony hunters, uh, so a pony is a horse that's under fourteen two hands, and there's four inches to a hand. So um, <clears throat> and so if you have like medium and small ponies that are really broke, like a seven year old kid, a six year old kid can get on it and ride it and not get bucked off and have a good time. Uh, I, I have watched time and time again those ponies sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, you're selling these to elitist people, like people who, like, own prisons, people who are, you know, in, you know, basically parasite class is what you're selling it to, you know, oil, you know, type, you know, barons. And, oh, you, you know. Ian Anaria's landlord. Yes. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> oh my, so my brother <laughs> trained trained horses uh, for a guy that he was a uh, owner, I believe, in Wacken Hut. Uh, Wacken Hut yep. is like a big prison industrial I, complex. There. I did I did some work for Wacken Hut on Kirtland Air Force Base in, in Albuquerque. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, it's what you guys are talking about, like. Um, these people working for the prison industrial complexes being uh, parasites too because today Ian was telling me everything in his jail cell and all the products they give you, it's a brand called Bob Barker. And he was like, no, but it's not the Price is Right guy. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then someone brought that up in the chat just now. I was like, that's really <sighs> weird. That I, It's so weird when you learn about something for the first time. And then someone completely unrelated brings it up again. Yeah, it's like when you start driving a Jeep, you start noticing all the Jeeps on the road. Yep, it's exactly <laughs> like that. So weird. There's actually a or I'm there's sorry, actually sorry. a name for there's actually mm-hmm. a name for that phenomenon, um, and I forget what the the title yeah, is. But it someone was something... brought it up like a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember either. But yeah, right. yeah, it's a very common phenomenon. I think being a rodeo clown is the craziest job ever. I've seen people do it. I trained to be a radio rodeo clown when I was a teenager. Did you ever actually do it? Like, not really, not like professionally, but Wow, so scary. I think they like to be I think they like to be called bullfighters. I'm not I've never heard that, honestly. Bob Bob Barker is America's leading detention supplier. Yeah, but it's not the same guy. Just so No, it's knows. not. It is not. 603-283-6160. One more uh segment tonight of Free Talk Live coming up. number for you to call that's 603-283-6160 and this is the last segment of the night so if you want to call in call that number um with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie jay and joa and we were just about to get into the environmental impact of this genocide in gaza i don't really think <laughs> it makes sense to call it a war oh are well, there two sides fighting back and forth yeah, which is uh, basically nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even as far back as, so I'll just read a click, yeah, a quick clip here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the award-winning article "Fluoride Teeth in the Atomic Bomb," journalists Chris Bryson and Joel Griffiths dis- discuss how the first lawsuits against the U.S. A bomb program were not over radiation but over fluoride damage. The lawsuits were fi- filed by a group of farmers in southern New Jersey whose peach orchards were destroyed and whose animals were made sick by heavy fluoride emissions from the nearby DuPont factory. The DuPont factory, located in Deepwater, New Jersey, was doing contract work for the U.S. government and was producing massive amounts of fluoride to keep up with the government's increasing demand, according to Bryce F. and Griffiths, 1997. And, wow. you know, I'm actually not surprised about this because uh, um, I'll just say someone that I know said their time in Florida prison was terrible in the sense that... Uh, they pretty sure they were being poisoned with, uh, you know, basically they were feeding the prison population like depleted uranium or something, 
and they were they were doing that to to, um, to uh, neutralize it all because when it goes through the human body and you pee it out, it's neutralized. It's um, but yeah, it's uh, they were they try to get rid of byproduct and it's it's everywhere, especially in uranium production. I guess it's fluoride, right? Yeah, it's a. It, well, I don't know if it's uranium or plutonium, but definitely from the A bomb, there was all kinds of uh, fluoride. So basically, the fluoride that they're being put in your water, uh, the fluoride that's being put in your toothpaste is this you know byproduct of you know making you know nuclear bombs hmm. it's also could yes. be a byproduct from uh, aluminum uh, manuf- uh refining of aluminum from aluminum ore from what i understand and the uh and they're just essentially filtering it through the kidneys of the population is another well, another reason not to be on city water or yeah, yeah. cities um I know that city or companies like to put a put all of their byproducts used to just make the ultimate amount of money that they can make. Um, is that all this is? Like, do you think that they basically brainwash dentists to tell them that's good for your teeth, so that way they could get rid of this byproduct they need no, to I, sell? Or it, it's totally to make uh, us docile uh, in the sense that it, our pineal gland is pineal. supposed yeah. becomes pineal calcified. Gland. Yeah, oh, pineal? and chloride. it's funny because Pine Hitler. Chloride. Hitler was very successful at doing this uh, against, you know, the Jewish I've population. I that he used but, he, but he copied it mm-hmm. from the United States. Oh, wow. So, actually, uh, two places. Rhode Island was the first state to uh, to make it, like, law, like a mandated thing for towns. Uh, wow. But only half the towns do it. And then, but the first place to actually start, they actually, like, tested it in the water. Believe this or not, Michigan, Flint area. Whoa. Ann Arbor. Hmm. They tested fluoride in the water there first. And here's the thing about fluoride. When you when your body gets fluoride, your body thinks that fluoride is calcium. It's basically so calcium and fluoride can have uh, can attach six electrons uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that fluoride attaches really well to itself is lead. So this is where uh so lead like generally isn't really an issue. If it's in like the water or or in like the environment, it'll mostly just pass through your body, from what I understand. But as soon as fluoride becomes in you know part of the part of the uh, ingredients, now fluoride is like the catalyst for the body to really absorb the lead, hold on to it, and cause some serious damage. Whoa! Uh, yeah, I, I used to I, I participate in a lot of uh, uh, like uh, anti fluoride activism in uh denver colorado with this group called uh we are change colorado.org uh basically it was kind of a you know a spin-off of luke radowski's we are change it was mm-hmm. like a, a sub chapter and uh more about in, um environmental things uh, well uh, that was one of the things they would they would definitely go to the uh colorado you know the denver water board stuff and they mm-hmm. would you know, do a lot of activism there, like bullhorning, you know, the water board in the auditorium and stuff because they just wouldn't listen to anything well, and we would whoa. pass out flower, flyers about, you know, the poison people. of floor. Well, they would arrest you too because, you know, you're interrupting. Yeah, we are changing yeah. like an activist group, but yeah. like more of like the truth movement of yep. sorts and like they did more like ambush journalism to get the hard questions to yeah, get asked. Yeah, we had that clip two weeks ago of... Not uh, just Luke, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. L- Luke, but I think he was like with We Are Changing in that clip, yeah. uh, clip um, ambushing Henry Kissinger, which is pretty right. crazy. Yeah. Luke basically is We Are Change. He started We Are Change, and um, and, and then there was a lot of uh, local We Are Change groups, but the Colorado We Are Change crew, uh, they were like really active. They really you know did a lot of good things. Uh, they spread a lot of word. And the other thing, too, that happens with fluoride 
is the reason the municipalities use fluoride is because there's a lot of federal financial, you know, incentive money uh, coming into these, uh, you know, little municipalities for poisoning, you know, the local population with the fluoride. Hmm. It's terrible. Terrible thing. So what are they doing in, in Gaza? What, what stuff is this going to lead to? Are they going to start being like, oh, you need uranium in your teeth in, in 100 uh. years in Gaza? Um, this story from Al Jazeera says, is Israel's Gaza bombing also a war on the climate? Gaza's water, soil, and air have been devastated, and reconstruction will add to the carbon emissions. Uh, and that's what Joe is saying. And, and carbon emissions it, are total garbage. Any yeah, poly- but you know, my it, thing is it, the hypocrisy. You know, right, right. like these are the same people that are the same people, countries and politicians that are backing this war are the ones that want to control your life and not let you buy a F two fifty or whatever. Right? Isn't isn't I'm going to bring this up? Isn't Bethlehem where Jesus was born? Yeah. Isn't that in Gaza? Isn't that know. on the West Bank? Well, Gaza and the West Bank are two different places. So Whoa. the West Bank is actually in the east side of Israel, which is so weird. And then Gaza is actually on the bank, you know, of that, um, whatever the water, I can't remember it is, what it is right now, the sea there, Jordan or something? Um, yeah, so Gaza's on the west. But I'm searching it right now. Beth- I have no clue if Bethlehem's Bethlehem, Palestine. Hmm. I'm searching for it. <laughs> Instead of looking at Bethlehem, Israel. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Why Why do you ask that specifically? I just feel like, imagine, like, this Christmas we find out the, like, potential birthplace of Jesus was bombed. bombed. Wow, it's terrible. I mean, it's not too far. And we should think about this, like, you know. I guess the Israeli. This energy like, that, this super Jesus. energy that happened there, the Jesus being born and spreading his love and everything and his peace it's being literally that area is being blown up and it sucks because christians jews and muslims used to live in peace in palestine like right they were they would have taken you know better care of it i just think this is all that was before the military industrial complex became so decentralized Hmm. uh i mean so centralized i'm sorry oh uh you know so like you know all of these people that nikki haley's been working for for a long time uh, you know, and making all kinds of money with or, you know, they just need war, 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 war. I mean, they're they're planning next decade's wars all right now, these psychopaths, just like they've been planning, you know, this inside job of October 7th where a bunch of, you know, people on paragliders came in and, you know. Magically got past, like, the highest past, yeah. border security in and, the world. And, and they had all full knowledge of it. There's plans going back seven years that they've discovered. The New York Whoa. Times has published this and some other uh, big newspapers. So, yeah, it's a it's a hardcore inside job. And, yeah. you know, this is what the military industrial complex wants. They they uh, need, need distraction. They need war. Uh, this is how they make their money. Uh, this is how they enslave the people. And, and also... You know, when you take a country like Gaza and you control it like you like, like they have, uh, and then there's you know articles about how you know Netanyahu is somehow connected to sending all kinds of money over to Gaza to keep Hamas you know going and flush, and you you brainwash all these people and torture and abuse them for for their entire childhood, right. and, and then you you literally create your own enemy, and that's what they want to do. They're, they they want to you know. They, them, and those who will not leave us alone, you know, the people in control, the people that, you know, should not have power, uh, they're constantly manufacturing and creating enemies. They're also so, manufacturing. So, oh, so uh, Bethlehem is in Palestine, and it is probably likely uh, in Gaza, the been Gaza attacked. Thing? 
It's in Gaza. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's well, an I mean, interesting well, thought. Just, it's just south of Jerusalem. Like, I don't know how to explain it if you guys even know what the map looks like. Well, but I can't really tell what I'm looking at Yeah, right it's uh, just his Jerusalem, his Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, could you, I just wanted to like think about that for a moment. Yeah. You know? What but, does Jesus and Christmas have to do with each other? I think people made that he's up. He's born on Christmas. He's so born on that's, that's how, that's the so story. From what I understand about the Bible, you know, the Jesus was born while the shepherds were in the mountains grazing the sheep and they weren't doing that in December because hmm. there was a bunch of snow in their mountains. Oh, is it snowing in, does it snow in Israel? So, so in it summer? had to be like April Wow, uh, when they were grazing the sheep. I have heard of people say that Is it snowing right now in Israel? Well, I don't know. It might be, especially in the mountains. I don't know. They, but you're not in the mountains in the Northern Hemisphere in December. Yeah. And um, I, I have heard, like, I don't know the details about it, but I have heard people say that Jesus was likely born in April. Don't know what that is behind it, but um, I think that the reason that we say that Jesus was born on December 25th, it's uh, tale as old as, you know, internet All conspiracy the theories. It's, um, th- it's just telling a story about the sun. So the, the sun um, starts being, you know, it goes the from the shortest days longer. to the first time that yep. it's a baby son and then it gets older it's like the strongest in the summer it's an old man in the fall then it dies in on the solstice and then it's like born again and and the christmas tree where does that come from probably pagans right so uh the guy's name was nimrod king nimrod hmm. who basically you know banged his mother and made babies with her is that so, like babylonian or something I, well, I don't know but I don't know. the story i heard was that if anybody he loved his mom so much had babies with his mom this is where, like, you know, you're a so Nimrod weird. comes from. So he basically had a bunch of retarded kids. Whoa. And, uh, and then they had the fir trees, the, the, the Christmas-type tr- trees, uh, you know, going up to the castle. And if you uh, basically didn't, and, and December 25th was his mother's birthday, and if you didn't, like, worship his mother and bring his mother gifts, N- Nimrod would have you decapitated and oh would God. hang your head by the hair. So this is the Christmas bulbs that hang from the <laughs> Christmas trees. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god leading up to you know the mother's castle and uh this is uh, actually a thing i heard on coast to coast am years ago and then, <laughs> I, and then i read uh some stuff all about this you know king nimrod and uh but yeah it's pretty interesting but it's just a commercial holiday to uh you know encourage yeah. materialism and you know sort of young children get very excited about it and their brains get you know uh developed into this materialism yeah. mindset and then expectations it. and it you know, really drives the economy hard and um, I kind of hope that, like, the Christmas season, like, is very poor I'd, for yeah. big corporate, you know, consumerism. I told my mom, I was like, no, I don't want any gifts because if I give you a gift and you don't like it, it's the wrong color or blah, 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 you can't return it. And you're stuck with this gift that reminds me of me getting the wrong thing for you all year. <laughs> and I was like, and then this <laughs> and I was like, if there's one gift you can give to someone that they're going to re- be reminded of, of them uh, every, every day of the year, get them a bidet. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's just the they best were, thing. They'll think someone. about you every time that thing tickles you. You know what tickles. I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's just the only way to Is use that the bathroom at mom? this point. I was thinking about getting my mom one. Yeah, yeah. So she could think about me every day. I don't know why you'd want her to think about you while using it, but she will be so grateful. Yeah, every day. I'm honestly, I just can't believe Americans don't more Americans don't use it. It doesn't. Yeah, it would save crazy. a lot of toilet paper. It's got to be a conspiracy with the toilet paper. Or uh, just um, they don't want your digestive system moving. Sorry to paint a picture, but, but it's 
if the best healthier that way. My favorite gift for Christmas that you get every year is like, dang, now the days are getting longer. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the idea, right? That's the idea you of Christmas. Like well, no, the gift is is that days get longer no, after yeah, Christmas. Okay, yeah, I like that too. I I don't like that it's dark at four p.m. No, I don't like how it's yeah no. Yeah, I thought no. I don't know why I misunderstood what you're saying. I thought you said you didn't want it. To well, that's that. the whole idea. It's it's a sun worship type of thing. Yeah. But it's yeah, I, th- I looked at it as a, in reverse because like instead of being born uh, the way that Zeitgeist kind of described it, is that's like, what I was you referencing. Know, I couldn't remember the word. Uh, the you know the sun disappears for three days and then you know and then reappears as the sun is risen, mm. right? So it starts to go up more. On yeah, the horizon, the so that that's they, so it's reversed to the being born part. In Zeitgeist, like, they say there's like an imaginary cross made out of um, right the, the stars. Like when you're divvying up the stars and, and the constellations to make the zodiac, they, it, it like creates a cross. Right, and not Jesus, but the the sun goes from directly on the middle of that cross um, after three days of being like. Under it or something like that. It doesn't on rise Easter. for three days. It oh. doesn't go any higher or lower. It's always going at that peak. It's always the same for three days. Oh, you mean during Christmas? Yeah. For the, but I mean during yeah. Easter. That's when it is on the cross. Right, right. So that's kind oh, of Oh, that was Easter? I thought that was Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We could be both wrong. Cause you got to watch Zeitgeist, of, Zeitgeist again. Yeah. Because they I had it right, apparently. Zeitgeist. I Instead of reading books, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. I watched. I listened to Mark Passio talk about Zeitgeist. I never even saw it myself, I so see. I could be wrong too. But we all brought all that up because we're talking about Gaza, and I think this is hilarious. Apparently, the the United Nations Summit on Climate Change is called COP28. <laughs> yeah, it says many of the world's leaders are gathered in Dubai for COP28, the annual United Nations Summit on Climate Change. Some. 2,400 kilometers, which is 1,500 miles, to the west. Meanwhile, Israel's war on Gaza is raging. 60 days into the war, Israel's bombs have killed at least 16,000 people, and this was December 5th, including more than 6,600 children. But increasingly, experts are also worried about its effect on the environment and on Gaza's ability to combat climate change. Oh my gosh. That's just kind of funny. Like That's nothing compared to what the Americans killed in Iraq for children. It yep. was, you know, uh, Hillary cackles, you know, Ugh. with glee about the half a million she claims and it was and I've heard numbers where it was a million and a half, you know, uh, Iraqi children were killed. Yeah, they don't want to tell the truth. Right. Don't have to. Um I, I believe it, but even this, this is just adding to America's numbers, really, because America's supplying a bunch of this yep. stuff, encouraging yeah, with, this war. Without America, you know, stealing, you know, I, I don't know how much money, billions of dollars per year from its poor people and giving it to the rich people over in uh, Israel, which is, you know, financial aid, Israel would not exist. Hmm. Insane uh, if, amounts of money. Right, uh, it's like if four it billion a year. If it, I thought it was like fifteen billion a year, but I don't know. But it, it's crazy. Just it, for Israel, I think it's like almost four billion. Okay, well, but uh, yeah, it's but it's still it's yeah, it, 
you know, it, it's crazy. I mean, any amount of money they gave to Ukraine, actually, I was reading an article the other day, <laughs> something like half of that money they've given to Ukraine was used to buy uh, U.S. Treasury bonds. Oh, what? Wow. <laughs> what? Oh, they're trying right. to secure the future. Well, well it's That's just, such a dumb... just keep, keeping the Treasury, you know, U.S. Treasury bonds of some value because, yeah. you know, Someone the rest of the world them. is uh, dumping them. Yeah, nobody wants them. I mean, like, they're a terrible investment. You can do so much better than that. Um. So it says, on the ground, this war has destroyed every aspect of Gaza's environment. Nadia Maj Adali, the Ramallah-based Palestine director for EcoPeace Middle East, told Al Jazeera. Here's a look at how the unstoppable bombardment of the enclave could further affect climate change in a region that has already seen temperatures increase. Now, listen, I don't know much about, I don't really have an opinion on climate change, but I do believe that there are things people can do to harm the pa- or the planet we live on. And the other thing about it is it's just hypocrisy. Like, the United States wants to control your life, make sure you, you know, only can buy a car that can do this because blah, 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 carbon emissions, while they're paying to destroy two million people's home land. How is that good for the environment? And these are the same people that are probably um, behind the scenes right now trying to manufacture cans of air. You know, like they're (laughs) they're trying to sell you air in the future like they did with water. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, that's terrible. I feel like this is a thing. This is going to be a thing. Or they're going to start taxing us for breathing. or You know how it is, the carbon tax. I feel like there's going to be something. It would be coming up because they tax us for everything else. I mean, it's not a bad idea to get into an industry that accepts carbon credits. The reason why is like they're going to be sought after. They're going to be highly valued, even though it's a fiat thing. So like you can create carbon credits by producing and the, the state awards you. For doing something good for the environment, I, da, I da, wouldn't da. want to trade with anybody who was diabolical enough to. Right, yeah. of course, like, but know, it's, it's like investing in Hitler. Yeah, as far as you I'm should concerned. invest in Hitler. Yeah, but you still take U.S. dollars. I mean, we—it's the same thing. But see, it's going to increase in value. Is the thing. I think that's a, a step ahead. The, the U.S. Than just using U.S. dollars, even though U.S. dollars are blood money and the evil. U.S. government itself might be probably was well, definitely the largest polluter in the United States of America. If you look at the Mississippi uh, Delta, they have what's called a dead zone. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, and, yeah. And basically, like, fish can't live there. There's, like, an algae bloom that sucked up a lot of the water. And what it comes from is, like, tremendous amounts of synthetic nitrogen. Uh-huh. And and all of this is only possible with by one uh, for one reason of all this nitrogen, and it is called farm subsidies. And all these farm yep. subsidies require to use synthetic manure, synthetic nitrogen. Terrible. And if you look at basically the entire Mississippi River Valley area, all the watershed area, which is basically, you know, the continental divide east and then like, you know, like Pennsylvania west, you know, that Rocky Mountain, Appalachian Mountain west area. Um, it's it's uh, it all runs off there. And that's like, you know, the, the breadbasket of of America. And shouldn't a, a delta be like brimming with life because it's Correct. like the deposits of all right. the good stuff usually if you're not throwing but poison on the there's farms so much all around chemical fertilizer runoff so much chemical pesticide runoff uh, herbicide runoff fungicide runoff and all of that stuff is all required to get the farm subsidies to get a farm subsidy on crop subsidy <laughs> you need to use monsanto growing practices yeah. and that uh, makes me so mad so many people have <laughs> discovered like better ways to make plants grow than using synthetic um, herbicides and stuff like that, pesticides, 
And one of the things I think is kind of a conspiracy theory, the reason that they teach you every year that George Washington Carver created peanut butter and that's all they tell you about him is because they don't want you to look more into him because he was a huge advocate for regenerative farming even back then. Like, they had just started being yeah, using you poisons. Yeah, be conscious of it, you know? And uh, he was showing how he could um, go and make people's farms ten times more profitable just with, like, natural um, farming techniques. And he was one of those early people saying, like, we should not be doing this, uh, you know, nitrogen-based fake fertilizer and stuff like that. Well, and, this is um, why they have dust storms is because they're... Yeah manipulating fast growing crops and, and then not stop it's planting depleting the same spot. everything. Yeah, they're not doing regenerative farming. Yeah. It is terrible. That's that's why they I think the dust bowl happened. Because it's like it's never happened again. And these forever chemicals that are in all of this stuff like the cadmium, you know, the uh lead, there's all kinds of heavy metals is uh you know, you know the reason you you have like a whole bunch of people that are essentially gay, you know, is a lot to do with a chemical called like atrazine. Atrazine is, is a that chemical. What Jay, oh, sorry. Is that what Adam, I mean. Alex Jones was saying made the frogs gay. Right. Made the hermaphrodite frogs. Is Probably. It? Oh. I believe so. So atrazine is a chemical you sprayed on the ground in like, you know, Nebraska and nothing grows for two years. Whoa. No weeds or anything will grow for two years. And they do that to preserve the water hmm. uh, to, uh, to, to keep the moisture in the soil because they want to dry that ground for, you know, keep that ground, you know, n- nothing uh, growing in it for two years so when they do plant something in there two years later it'll 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 grow and produce a yield and it's usually like wheat it's just that kind of evil it's crazy it's there couldn't happen without government subsidies yeah there are these people that wanted to go get rich and then they were like ruin the farm doing this and then move on and they create the dust bowl what were you gonna say joe i have some sad news so i looked this up um christmas celebrations in bethlehem the birthplace of jesus christ are set to be all but canceled this year so they're not doing any celebrations in... Because um, it's a war zone right now? Yeah. Whoa, that is crazy. I mean, like, Christmas is canceled in Bethlehem. It's crazy because, think about this, so many Christians, and actually we've had some good people call in saying they're Christians and they're anti this war, but so many Christians are just like, oh, well, I back Israel 100% no matter what, all the time. I, we should end the show with a little uh, prayer to God. God... Would you please show us an example of what happens to people who cause and make war and wreak havoc? God. Do something to the evil people. And yep. so we, they, uh, the good people will be encouraged to never be evil. Make yep. an example, God. I believe that karma is real. It's Free Talk Live. You can find us at freetalklive.com. You can check out Joa at Breaking the Flaw on YouTube. Oh, thanks. Yep. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. 
PorcupineRealEstate.com